participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, April 4th, 2022. Hello again, everyone. I hope you're doing well on a lovely Monday afternoon here in New York City. Hopefully it's the same wherever you may be. What a morning I have. I woke up this morning in Dallas, Texas, believe it or not. Uh, yeah. A lot of things had to go right for us to be here right now, live at 1 o'clock. But when Hilwani, a.k.a. Helwani, says he's going to be somewhere, he is always there. In fact, I'm usually early. And if you're on time, you're late. But when you're doing shows, if you're on time, you're on time. And so I'm very excited to be here. Woke up in Dallas. Was in Dallas for the last few days. And uh, that was a great experience. 
WrestleMania 38 in the books. It was great that that was going on on a relatively quiet weekend in the world of mixed martial arts. So that was good. Of course, a massive one coming up this weekend with UFC 273 with the two title fights with Hamzad versus Gilbert Burns. The main card took a bit of a hit with one particular uh, fight, but uh, we'll get into all that on today's program. I have a new uh, chair here, and I'm still, if I'm being honest, getting used to it. No, I'm not a gamer, but I was looking for something a little more comfortable. Yeah, there it is. Looking for something a little more comfortable on the back. Let me know what you guys think. I have never sat in a gamer chair before, and I don't know if this is a traditional gamer chair. Thank God it's on one of those blue and gray ones. I don't know if I could have handled that sort of thing, uh, but I'm feeling good. As always, we're brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of not only the UFC, but also, of course, this program, your favorite mixed martial arts program. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code Hour for a special offer when you sign up. Again, that's code Hour only at DraftKings. Please support them because they support us. So we have a fun show today. I am revved and ready to go. I got a lot to talk about. I got a lot on my mind, and I'm looking forward to today's cast of characters that will be joining us. At 4 o'clock, we're going to be joined by Juliana Pena, the, of course, recently crowned UFC women's bantamweight champion. She beat Amanda Nunes back in December. They just finished filming The Ultimate Fighter, and I believe it premieres in May... Here in America on ESPN Plus, on a bunch of different... I think it might be a Fight Pass thing overseas. You know where to find it. And then most likely they fight in July. We spoke to her on the Monday after her win over Amanda Nunes. And uh, this is going to be the first time that I speak to her since. So we'll see how life is as champion. What has changed? What has happened? In fact, she was at WrestleMania in uh, in Arlington, Texas. She said she saw me from afar, but didn't say hello. Well, she said hello via text. Anyway, a good opportunity to have her on. I know she was there for both nights, hardcore, two-night affair. Uh, and so looking forward to catching up with her. Drickus Duplessis, a.k.a. Drickus Duplessis. I'm finally going to get to the bottom of his name situation. Never had him on the show Never talked to the young man, but he's one of the rising stars in the UFC's middleweight division. And I think he went through like 48 opponents over the past week. And in the end, he is not fighting at UFC 273. He was supposed to fight Chris Curtis. Then he was supposed to fight Anthony Hernandez. Then he got the real bump up to Kelvin Gaslam. And then in the span of like a few days we found out that no Curtis, no Hernandez, no Gaslam, no Drickus. Four straight fights for the young man that have been canceled. Uh, he was going to fight Andre Muniz back in December as well. And there was some talk of Muniz fighting Drickus on this card this Saturday in Jacksonville. But the word is they wanted a little more time. Drickus's team wanted a little more time. And uh, it didn't come to fruition. So maybe that's going to be the next fight. But uh, really interesting guy. Obviously uh, has a great striking background, kickboxing background. Uh, the man likes to finish fights. He's got uh, incredible power. He's got some ground game as well. And uh, you may know this or you may not. He fought Roberto Soldich twice in uh, KSW and is 1-1 uh, 
with the uh, the free agent who has been talking to the UFC, flirting with the UFC. He was at UFC London. They met with the brass, all that stuff. So uh, we'll talk to him about all that and more. Piotr Jan, you may have heard of him, the interim UFC bantamweight champion. He'll join us at 3 o'clock. I'm looking forward to him being on the program. I'm looking forward to that fight on Saturday. Finally, we get some kind of resolution to this Aljamain Sterling versus Piotr Jan situation, which has been going on for almost two years now. Remember, Aljamain Sterling beat Corey Sanhagen in June of 2020. It's April of 2022. And then he was obviously next for the belt then, but then they did the Jan fight in July against Aldo. I mean, that was, you know, a month later, essentially. And uh, pretty much from that point, we knew it was going to be Jan versus Sterling. So as of July of 2020, we've been talking about these two guys. They were supposed to fight in December. That got uh, postponed, and then they fought in March, of course. You had the controversy. Then they were supposed to fight a few months ago in October. That got postponed. Finally, we hope, once and for all, we get this uh, rematch. We get to see who's the best bantamweight in the world. Uh, Aljo came a little hot on Monday, came at me a little bit. You know, he was talking about how sometimes when other people are on the show— I say certain things about him, and then when he's on the show, I say certain. Yeah, I'm not sure if I agree with that. If I'm being honest, uh, I feel like I, you know, keep it down the middle. Feel like I shoot straight, but you know, that's why we like Aljo. He lets you know how he feels about you. Uh, so anyway, we'll talk to Peter Jan at three o'clock. It's a really busy weekend in combat sports. Not only do we get 273 and a whole bunch of other stuff as well, uh, we're also getting. Two really big boxing, actually three really big boxing cards on uh, Saturday as well. We're getting uh, Triple G fighting really early in the morning. Uh, Michaela Mayer on the top rank card later in the evening. But Mr. Ryan Garcia, the social media sensation and the uh, the up and coming superstar, he is undefeated. I mean might not even be fair to say that he's up and coming, but he hasn't fought since January of last year. Remember, he took that break, mental health, needed to get back on track, get his life in order, get his his health in order, and uh, he is returning to action this weekend. Very important fight for him against Emmanuel Tego, and uh, Tego, I think, has won 33 or so in a row, 33, 32 in a row, and uh, has been saying that, oh, this is no big deal. This is an easy fight. He's going to steamroll him, all that stuff and more. A uh, big opportunity for Ryan Garcia to reassert himself in one of the most interesting weight classes in boxing, 135. We've talked about this. And obviously a big opportunity for Emmanuel Tego as well. So I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be on zone. Triple G will be on zone. This fight will be on zone, And then the mayor one will be on ESPN, ESPN+. Plus. Uh, and then at 2 o'clock, old friend of the program, Demetrius Johnson, will be back on. Remember, we had him on before he left for Singapore to be a part of the 1X card. And uh, he was a part of maybe the most interesting fight on that card. He fought uh, Ro Tang, as you may recall, the mixed rules fight, Muay Thai, MMA, Muay Thai, MMA. In the end, he won via second round rear naked choke submission. It was very impressive. Um, and you had to think that if he could get by the first round, whether that storm, it's not like he doesn't know how to strike, but you know, he can't do certain things. He can't wrestle. He can't grapple. I think a lot of people thought if he could get by that first round and it was just three minutes, by the way, not five, um, he would have a huge advantage if he could get to work in the second. 
He got by the first. He got to the second. He submitted Rotang in the second. So uh, Demetrius Johnson will join us, and we'll see uh, if he's going to fight for the belt next, what he wants to do, all that stuff and more. One of the true legends of the game, still thriving all these years later, 35 years young, been doing this for so many years, WC, UFC, all that stuff. Uh, been doing this since 2007. So that's... who will join us at 2 o'clock. But uh, top of the show, wanted to address a few things. Wanted to talk about my weekend, tell you about everything that uh, I experienced. I've got some good stories. I'll tell you that much. I've got some great stories for all of you. A lot of, uh, a lot of interesting run-ins, if you will. One story actually is uh, kind of connected to this program, which I guess I could tell right now off the bat. So, all right, so... Get to, and again, there wasn't a lot of uh, MMA on. There was LFA, excuse me, not LFA, PFL, Challenger Series, all that. But other than that, not a ton on. Uh, get to Dallas Thursday morning. Did a sit-down interview with our good friend uh, Becky Lynch, who looks completely different now with her hair changed and all that stuff. Uh, that was cool. We've talked to her a bunch, so um, no surprises there. Good rapport, all that stuff and more. Then sat down with Charlotte Flair, who I'd never met before and wasn't quite sure how she'd feel about me because of all the Becky stuff in studio back in November. She couldn't have been nicer. In fact, got very emotional um, in the interview, talking about her dad not being with the company, her fiancé not being with the company anymore. So those were great. Um, then I actually went to the uh, the access store that they had there, which reminded me a lot of the UFC Fan Expo, which I wonder if they'll be replicating in July for International Fight Week when they uh, they bring back this UFC X thing um, that they're talking about. It's like a convention or something like that. I, I think it sounds like that. This access store, as they called it, Superstore, reminded me a lot of the old school expo days. Although it didn't have an expo, like there weren't vendors. It just was like a place where you can buy a bunch of stuff, a bunch of merch. The coolest part was all the old school artifacts like Andy Kaufman's uh, neck brace from his feud with Jerry Lawler, um, Andre the Giant's gear for WrestleMania three, Iron Sheik's boots when he beat Bob Backlund in 84, like just really cool, extremely cool stuff. Like I could look at that stuff all day. Um, but it was nice to be around the people, to, to see all the stuff. No one does merchandise like these guys, like WWE. It just reminds you like how far away they are from everyone. Um, I wish for the UFC state sake and for the fighter's sake that they did merch a little bit better. It's never the marketing side of things, the merch side of things has never been their strong suit. Obviously, the live events, the fights, the product, strong suit. But those other ancillary things I feel like could always be done a little better. And it was just amazing to see how many pieces of uh, clothing, memorabilia, all that stuff for the current people, for things that are being discussed on the program now, ton of Scott Hall stuff, all that. So anyway, went went around there. Then we get to the uh, the media day on Friday. And what's fun about going to these events, as you know, uh, the media days in the UFC have drastically changed because there's, you know, there's the scrum situation. They're not doing the ultimate media day thing where everyone's sitting around and uh, you can walk up and have like a five-minute interview with someone. They do At WWE, they do that, believe it or not. And so you get to have that sort of old-school um, media day experience. 
and there were a ton of people there, and that was a lot of fun. And you may recall back in 2016, there was a story that emanated from this program. If you look it up, there's the clips. They're all there. Uh, and we got the, the culmination of said, said issue, if you will. The, uh, an issue was born essentially on this program, turned into a whole thing. And six years, almost exactly, it was May of 2016, almost six years later, the beef was squashed. New York Rick is here. I'm going to tell New York Rick the story because he was there when I told the story six years ago. Let's bring in New York Rick here. Um, I, I was going to ask him, do you remember? Oh, he's not here. Wow. That, that was crazy, whatever just happened. I felt like I just entered the Matrix. Wow. That was Surprise. amazing. Wow. What do, you, what, do you think? what do you think of the place? I've moved in. Wow. I have to say. It's just a nice setup, right? Like, just seeing you with that stuff feels a lot more natural. The corner spot is nice. It's okay. I mean, it's fine. Wow. For it, those it just listening, New York Rick sitting in GC's spot. Well, I mean, the argument could be made. He's been sitting in my spot wow. for a long time. If you want to keep it a buck, wow. as they say. Uh, like how that. are you? I'm doing well. You know, if I'm being honest, I'm quite tired. That's okay. You know what? We'll power through. We power We're going to have a great it. show. We're going to have a great show. Um, went to We've been here at- before, right? This Come is, on, this, this, is this ain't one. nothing new. Went to bed at 2.20, woke up at 3.20, um, went to the airport, saw oh, our old friend Corporate Jake at the airport, Hey. saw our old friend Omar at the airport of ESPN social that. media fame. I Hob-nobbing mean, it was a over real here. who's who. Saw Peter Rosenberg at the event, sat with him at the event. I mean, are these not our people? These are the people. Stat guy Greg, TST was in the house. Wow. I mean, it was a real reunion. It was like old school UFC where I mean, where you don't everyone, have to ask, was... Dip was in the was house. Was the major I mean, himself. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about Dipper Lago. We were talking about Harosas. <laughs> we were talking about Okay, okay. Hamantashen. This might be too inside, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, I mean, there were so many people. Um, but anyway, so we're here. We made it. I was worried about the flights, but we made it all good. By the way, LaGuardia Airport. Do you fly out of LaGuardia these days? Uh, I haven't been to the new like setup. I've been doing it as they've been transitioning, but I hear it's oh my it's, god, it's upgrade. What a difference! Because uh, it was it was. Not great. Let's let's call it what it is. It was not great for a long time, um, and now it's. Uh, it was one it's of the worst changed. airports in America. Yeah, it's um, beautiful I'm, now. There's I'm, water, like you could see. I don't know what body of water it is, but yeah. nice lighting, glass. Highly recommend. They've upgraded. They have upgraded for sure. So this story yes. that I'm referring to. Oh, I know. I know. You, I know. Ish. You know. But like, do, you, do you remember I, I the? Do you remember the six years ago story? I'm hazy. I need. I definitely need you to fill me okay, back in. But so I remember the, the circumstances. Yes. Okay. So this is the story. Uh, six years ago, ba- actually, back. You know, people can find this stuff. Six years ago, you were much more of a wrestling fan than I was. For sure. Yeah, I was. You like were going NXT and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Remember that? I think you went to the Brooklyn one, right? I went to like the two NXTs in Brooklyn. Now, l- you know, let me. It wouldn't be fair to say like I was like hardcore, but like I was more paying you, attention. To I, it. I think you were watching it more than I was at that time. Like I was all out. Yeah, you were completely out, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is this has some momentum. Yes, Let yes, me yes. see what's going on." For sure. So there was this young man named Kevin Owens uh, from Quebec. I said Saint Jean de Richelieu. That's where he's born. <laughs> Marieville. He didn't like that. Whatever. And basically, um, a good friend of mine opened a burger restaurant 
in uh, Montreal called Notre Boeuf de Grasse, which is a play on Notre Dame de Grasse, which is uh, an area in Montreal NDG. And it was like, I don't know, a month old, the place, you know, two yep. months old. So, you know, when you open up a restaurant, there's uh, a few things that you got to iron out. There's some growing pains, all that stuff. And lo and behold, local celebrity Kevin Owens, a.k.a. Kevin Steen, um, in his in his pre-WWE days, went, I think, with his family to eat there one time. Uh, the service, according to him, was slow. He got a little impatient and then eventually left and uh, tweeted something about his displeasure. Now, yeah. me being the very loyal guy that I am and uh, feeling bad that my friend is opening up a restaurant and, uh, you know, this bad press from a, a WWE superstar, a celebrity, whatever you want to call him, uh, I felt like I needed to come and, and, and yeah. defend him. So basically, I went on the show, if you recall. I remember it was like May. I think the Raptors were playing the Cavs in the playoffs because I remember going home and watching it. Um, this was one of the last runs for um, – for, it might have been 2016, right? So that the one where they won. Um and like you know, I I, I I called out Kevin this and that. Then yeah. he responded, and then he posted like a long message on Twitter. Then he blocked yep. me. Then he unblocked me. This that, and then we went back and forth, back and forth. So it was yep. a whole thing. Then no real communications. Now yeah, it kind of died off for a while. Died off after that. Now did I appear on some other sh- programs, <laughs> uh, you know, over the years and refer to him as a jabron or a jobber and all these things? Sure. Uh, did I also praise him last year when there was a rain delay at WrestleMania and he was talking off the cuff, cutting promos, and you really yeah. got to see his 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 genius, right? Because a lot of the guys were stumbling and didn't know what to say because they're they're used to being scripted. So you know, joke around, but when the praise is 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 due, I I dish it out. Anyway, we get there and Kevin, I'm at the media day. I have not talked to him. I've never met the guy. And he's there. I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting. This could yep. go two ways. This could go the way of many people um, over the years where it's like, oh, I don't want to talk to you and I'm going to make a whole thing. Or yep. this could go the way of some other people who are mad but understand that it could be good content and uh, they'll quote unquote squash the beef. So I'm waiting and they make us wait like hour. This isn't like UFC, you know, media days where it's you know, hour in and out. This was a three-hour affair. So I'm waiting like two hours to see if this thing actually plays out the way I want it to play out, which is I want to squash the beef on air, right? Finally, someone comes up to me and is like, hey, um, you we, you and Kevin okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm totally okay. Why do you ask? Oh, just asking. All right, so I'm not sure who tipped off who. By right. the way, went to the bathroom briefly. Of course, walk down the hallway. He's there. I'm there. Hey, Kevin, how are you? Good. Head down. Walks away. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So finally, I tell the cameraman with me, with uh, BT Sports, hey, like, hey, when this guy walks over, just roll just in case, you know, something like, we'll yeah. see, you know, we got to be on our toes. He walks up, doesn't say anything about anything. And uh, I do the intro. I say he's the pride of Saint Jean de Richelieu. He didn't like that. He said, Marie, yeah. and uh, I posted the thing. And, and we, ca- I think we squashed it. Yeah, I feel like that was a squash. The 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 olive branch was metaphorically and yeah. quite literally there was a, there was a, a a passing of some kind of object like a wire. It looked like. Yeah. Um, you got to think though, and this is just me, you know, thinking here. You have Usually. to think that the guy who goes to Twitter to say something about the restaurant and and you know things do, does things like that. He keeps receipts. You have to know he keeps receipts. God, so anything receipts, you've said man. in that time, he's gonna know. 
He's gonna know. This that man was the keeps craziest the receipts. part. That was the craziest. He, he remembered. He remembered that I said good things, bad things. But in fact, I then went after the interview and searched for my name and his name. 2015, I gave him props yeah. as a dad, as a Montrealer. So he might have missed that one. But yeah, I mean, listen, the, you you came you came to the defense of your friend with the restaurant, and yeah. and I understand it. Look, those early like impressions of the restaurant are going to be cru- crucial. That's that's the important time, and that can hurt a, a reputation. Hopefully, it didn't. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would consider that beef squashed. I feel like, I feel like you guys, uh, hashed it out. The no? weird thing is a couple people afterwards who know him work told me like, yeah, he was really mad at you. Oh, I'm, he I have had, no doubt. He, had he her. keeps receipts. <laughs> he keeps those receipts. Wait, wait, I, I'm always partial to the Montrealers. I love the Montrealers. Yeah, it was, it was an unfortunate, um, yeah. It was an unfortunate rivalry that was that was brewing, uh, but I'm glad it's squashed now, and now you now you can be pro uh, Kevin Owens. Well, I apologized to him. I said we were young, we were dumb. Yes. I, he didn't actually apologize back. <laughs> yeah, but I also thought his reaction to that. Now that you mention it, I'm thinking back on it. His reaction to that when you said you know we were young and dumb, and he's basically like, "Oh, you're going to chalk it up to that, huh?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't, didn't want to give you an inch on that. And you know what? You got to respect it. You yeah, got to respect gonna... that he hashed it out. You got to respect that he was willing to go there. It seemed like he didn't want to. You were you were trying to say, "Hey, let's do this now. Let's do this here," and yeah. then he did. And uh, all's well that ends well. I think uh, you guys can be united, and who knows? Maybe one day you can uh, get involved with, with something. That oh, he's that'd doing. be great. Um, I'll just say this: my respect for him is. I mean, immense at this point because, yep. as I said, a lot of people would be like, F that guy, hold sure. a grudge. It's easy, right? It's easy to just say, F that guy, let's not talk. I don't want to deal with this. I don't like him. Yeah. Uh, he didn't do that. He walked up. He was a pro. And uh, honestly, I thought he was one of the MVPs, not because of this situation, but of the weekend for his match with Stone Cold. Which for sure. We'll get to in a second. But uh, I'm a huge fan. And then I saw... Uh, Sami Zayn, who's also from Montreal, that guy is like the mensch of all mentions, menches, yeah. uh, or mention. Uh, also, an MVP with his uh, with his match for um, on WrestleMania with uh, Johnny Knoxville. So both guys super impressive. But I'm happy. I think longtime fans of the show will remember that this beef emanated on this program, and it was kind of amazing. I must say, it really warmed my heart. Six almost six years later to to squash the beef. It was a really nice moment, and I'm so used to people holding on to those grudges. And I'll get to one of those in a moment. Uh, it was really nice to see someone at the first opportunity without any convincing to be had. I didn't have to go hat in hand, be like, because again, I did nothing wrong. I did absolutely nothing wrong. I was defending a friend. That's it. I didn't make it personal. I didn't do anything. Well, jabron. Yeah, I mean, calling him a jobber and a jabron, and you know the rest we of the times. But uh, I thought that that was really cool. So that was. Just to that point, to put a bow on that, he was going to do that interview with you, whether you had that convo within the context of that interview or not. That tells you, like, he's a pro. You know, mm-hmm. he's a pro's pro. He's going to do that conversation. Whether he likes you or not, he's going to do his job. I think that there's something commendable there. The fact that it did get hashed out and we get that content is great. Um, but he was going to do it. You know, that that's, that's what he is. I was very happy about that. Then yeah. I went to um, the Hall of Fame. Man, the Hall of Fame. They just know, kill. They just kill. I it. mean, I could imagine how close that is to your heart. You know, you've you've they long just been an advocate for the the MMA Hall of Fame, and uh, they do it well. They do it so well. They bring out the OGs. They bring out the legends. They're all sitting there. The current guys are sitting there. The OGs are sitting there. They give them their time. Very yep. smart. They did it after SmackDown, so there's a full arena there, eighteen thousand. Undertaker did a TED talk. 
He shows up with the freaking uh, microphone. He's walking around for 45 minutes. It was incredible. The whole thing was amazing. It wasn't rushed. It was the only, the only thing I didn't like about it. Um, there was one award that was particularly hard to digest about a man named Shad Gaspard who had died after trying to save his son from drowning. Son survived. Yeah. He didn't. And um, they have this award called the Warrior Award, yeah. um, which honors someone like that. Now, Ultimate Warrior wasn't exactly like a mensch. I honestly right. feel like the award should be the Shad Gaspard Award. Like, that guy is a warrior. That guy is a hero. Yeah. It is weird that of all the people that have passed away at a young age in wrestling, Warrior's the one that has an award because if you know a little bit about his later life, it wasn't exactly uh, yeah. you know, politically correct and squeaky clean. Yep. Um, but other than that, it was great. And then I get to Saturday. You're going to love the story. I don't think I told you the story yet. It's a great story. I'm ready. Hit me. Did I tell you about Saturday? Probably not. Okay. I mean, you were wall to wall. I mean, I couldn't look anywhere it without seeing lot. your it face. Was a lot. It was a lot. Uh, get to Saturday. AT&T Stadium is a really impressive place. Have you it been there? It looks it. I have not. It, it looks it's, incredible. It is freaking, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just enormous. It, it is like, enormous. It looks like a, a city. Yes. Like it's its own It is city. nuts. It is the yeah. biggest stadium I've ever been to. Um, and it's like in the middle there, and there's so much around. Anyway, get there. Uh, now, I don't like the two-night thing. I don't like it. I don't like this thing. It reminds me a lot of UFC 189 where, if you remember, like, Connor fights Mendez, and it's great, and it's amazing, and there's a crescendo, and then we all had to stick around for Ellenberger Wonderboy. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's fair, but would it have played out the same way if that card wasn't so memorable and so iconic? You know, I, I get what I'm you're saying. I'm just saying, saying when you come back for the second night, it feels a little like uh, you stayed at the party a little too long. For sure. Do that the first night, maybe. That's the Friday instead yes. of the Saturday. Yes. I get you. Oh, no, you, wanted I, to, you wanted I, to peak. I liked, I liked the old days where it was NXT one night, and then it was WrestleMania. And I yeah. hear from all these wrestling people, oh, I don't like to sit around for a seven-hour so show. so long. That's so long. Every weekend is a seven-hour show in UFC world. Yes, yes, Every fair, weekend. But... The prelims are the prelims for a reason. I feel like WrestleMania is not exactly booked the way. Okay, fine. A but UFC there's a lot. There, there's, there's a lot of filler. There's a lot of filler matches. Now I like it because, as Chael would say, the boys in the back get an opportunity to get the payday. They get the opportunity to be on WrestleMania the platform. But if we're being honest, you could trim a little fat on Saturday, trim a little fat on Sunday, and have one six-hour card. And I think it feels special. You walk in there the first time, you see the set, you see, you know, the pageantry, you see everything, and then you come back the next day. I was like, oh, I'll say this from the outside. Yeah. It felt like they stole the, the headlines, they stole the conversation both nights. That's yeah. not a bad thing in the business. That's not something you'd want to pass up if you have the opportunity to do. It felt like it felt like they owned the entire weekend as opposed to just, hey, we have Sunday. So I don't know if that's going anywhere. And also, yeah, let's not have our fans sitting in the seats for nine hours with, you know, have, not being able to go to the bathroom. Also, I mean, we ignore the fact that they uh, apparently had 77,000 people on both nights. So what is that? 150? <laughs> is that legit? I don't know. I mean, that's what they say. But, okay, let's just say. It's like the Nick sellout records that have gone, you know, yeah. when they were doing that. that no, I think that, that was legit. In the 90s, yeah, that yeah, was sure. legit. But the yeah, in the 90s, but then. Yeah, later yeah. on. No. But, but, but uh, meaning, uh, even if it was 50-50, they're still getting more because it's. Oh, massive, because you get nights. the two nights. Yeah, you're, even if you're, you know, yeah, like you said, half capacity or even like, let's say they're 70, 80% capacity, you're getting it doubled. Right. I mean, it's, it's good for business, no doubt. The two nights is good for business. Uh, I, I, I did think it was a bit of a promotional blunder. 
And who knows what changed along the way. But if the plan was always for Stone Cold to have his first match in 19 years, if that was always the plan, why didn't you promote it as such as opposed to this clunky thing yeah. he's going to be on the KO show? And then you give them. What? Now, it was a nice surprise, but I think it could have been even bigger had they said that a month ago. I think there's something in wrestling, and and you you'll know better than me because I think we've swapped, right? I think you follow it a lot more closely than I follow it now. But like, I think there's something to like still trying to surprise. It feels like wrestling is always mm-hmm. trying to surprise. It feels like they're always trying to like, hey, you didn't know that this was happening. I mean, Cody Rhodes is an example, mm-hmm. right? Like, it was the worst kept secret, but they still didn't say it because mm-hmm. they wanted to surprise. Um, I think that still exists um, in wrestling, and, and I think that's probably the thing. I think everybody knew that Stone Cold was going to do something, right? Like, I think everybody knew he'd do something um, beyond just, like, an interview. Um, so they're, they're kind of saying, like, yeah, you know, wink, wink, and then they give it to you and, and send you home happy. So I'm, I'm personally okay with that as somebody who, like, only infrequently checks in. Like, I, I don't need the, like, build to right. it. I'm just going to check in, and it's like, oh, great, Stone Cold's going to do something. This is awesome. Um, but I get, I get both sides of that. I get both sides of that for sure. He looked amazing. He drank 45 he? beers. I mean, I seen some like, you know, this was the last time he wrestled and this is how he looks, looks now. Pictures. He looks No, he looks better. Yeah. He looks better. 19 years. Unbelievable. It was great. And he's doing bumps like on the freaking concrete, <laughs> on the ramp. The guy is unbelievable. He's wearing the old school knee braces. Uh, Cody Rhodes, as you said, showing up. By the way, we could talk for an hour and compare this to MMA. This guy, essentially, Cody Rhodes, left WWE disgruntled as all hell, went on the indies, which isn't really a thing in MMA, but then eventually yeah. parks himself with this, you know, crew and 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 Tony Khan and they uh they launch AEW. So he creates competition, right? Which allows guys who were either released or disgruntled to WWE to have options, to have leverage, to have a place to go. To, to, to get more money. Oh, by the way, allows the guys who are re-signing here to have leverage, right? To have an option. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens recently. Yep. He creates this, builds it up. It's now a thing, a real viable thing. And then he leaves and almost uses the leverage and competition that he created to get one of the biggest For deals sure of all time he uses there. it. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's one of the most unbelievable combat business stories that I've ever been able to witness it is and i and i think it speaks to you know what you what you're talking about with competition but also just the fact that he believed in himself and he set out there and did it and achieved it because that story could have very easily been you know he's on the indies he aw doesn't start up he never comes back he just never comes back it, it's a guy who left left that industry or sorry not that industry that promotion uh leaves wwe um he believed in himself he built it himself uh, with help of others, I'm not trying to to say sure, that he sure. did it solo, but he believed in himself enough to to do this and find partners to be able to do it, um, and then came back. There, the compare if we're going to compare it to MMA, I think the the important thing here is that is that he made good on it. Like, I think there's if there was a fighter who left the UFC and went to Bellator, went to PFL, went somewhere else, and built them and built the level of competition or built themselves up enough that the UFC had to take notice of it, that they had to have that person back. That would be an interesting thing, but I don't think we've seen that yet, to be quite no. To be quite honest. No, we no. have not seen somebody do better to the point outside of the UFC where it felt like they needed to be brought back in that way, where they needed to absolutely come back in that way. Yeah, and I didn't modern, mind. Modern. No, 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 I agree. I didn't mind that they didn't reveal before. Everyone knew it was coming, but you wanted to watch. You wanted to be yeah. there and witness him there. It it's reminded me of CM Punk assume. coming back in August. 
right? That's a great example. Because, like, they didn't say CM Punk's coming back, but all those people but in Chicago knows. assumed it, right? Yeah. They're like, this is going to be the one, and, and you hit it. So then I, I'm in the back around the time of the Cody Rhodes match, um, and they bring me back there. So the backstage interviews are interesting. It's not like you're sitting there the whole time. I'm sitting in a seat, and then they tell you, like, you'll get one or two winners, right? All right, fine. So I'm getting uh, the winner of Bianca and uh, Becky Lynch. Bianca yep. Belair wins. Bianca Belair, yeah. Great moment. One of the better matches of the entire weekend. And so I'm in the back. And by the way, like when I die, just bury me in the back of a WWE <laughs> event or any wrestling event. It is the most incredible place in the world. I mean, I can't even tell you. It's always been a place that just I wanted like to be. the people crossing paths yeah. and stuff. It's, oh, my it's, God. It's, it's just the, amazing. The foot traffic. And especially on one of these where there's legend, like, oh, right. there's Scott, Scott Steiner just like Every, standing Everybody around. wants to be Everyone's there. there. Yeah. Everyone's there. Um, Steiner, Kurt Angle, all the Stephanie McMahon is just walking around. Like, it's just and, – and I don't say anything. Head down, look. Uh, you know, some people come up to me. TJ Wilson always comes up to me. The TJ, man. I love man. TJ. Yeah, he always comes up. He's always super nice. Um, but for the most part, I just, I just keep to myself. So I'm waiting to do this interview and I'm in like a kind of corner slash hallway. It, it's, it's no, it's no wider than this desk right here, right? It's yep. no wider than this, the, the hallway that I'm in. <laughs> like I'm literally there and I'm, and I'm, there's a monitor on the wall and I'm, uh, I'm watching, what am I watching? I'm watching whatever match it was. I think it was even the Cody match. And all of a sudden, I'm standing there, and I'm watching this, and in comes from here three people. A guy wearing a suit that I didn't recognize, Charlotte Flair, and Ronda Rousey. And so I'm standing here in this spot, and they come right here. And I kid you not, Ronda may be no more than five centimeters away from me. Wow. Going over their match, right? And now Wait, I'm one. They, uh, I was going to do. It I'm there. wondering, is she doing this to mess with me? Is she doing this? Right, to the proximity is. Yes, very... everyone knows. Not the best now, of friends. Someone who held the grudge. I didn't do anything. By the way, earlier in the night, I saw Travis Brown gave him a, a fist bump. Hey man, good to see you. You know, he returned or no? Well. No, he was sitting there. I'm saying he returned yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the fist bump. He said hi to me first. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like that. The. Uh, now, let me ask you a question to set the scene here. Yeah. Are other performers also, like, doing their prep there? Like, are they all, no. like, have you seen this? It's just so us. It's, it's just that one time, it was Without those saying two. too much, I could have told you before the match, the entire match. I was listening to the whole, wow. I was but I'm, I'm looking here, they're there in front of me, and I'm just, I'm going to look, I'm going to look at this screen and not make eye contact. Because there's a part of me that wants to be like, I was thinking, I was like, oh, this could be the chance. To yeah. Finally, you know, I squashed the beef on Friday with Kevin Owens, this chance. But it's not the time. It's not the time. You're about to go out of WrestleMania. It's not the time. By the way, she could have been so locked in. I'd be shocked and not recognize me. I mean, there's no chance at all. I'm literally the only guy standing there. Yeah. Uh, so our good friend Cynthia there as well. Hey, um, so like everyone's there. Everyone's there. Yeah. Um, and uh, not the time. You, you made the right call though. And I was thinking maybe she's gonna say something like, "Hey, what's up?" And that, and then it ends. Like nah. give me like a punch in the stomach, then it ends. That'd be nice, but yeah, she's also probably locked in. The same way you're thinking she's locked in, she's got to be locked in. But man, what a... It felt like this lasted two hours. <laughs> it probably yeah. was like five minutes. Yeah. But it was so... It... Now, was any part of you thinking like, let me walk away from here so it doesn't even become a thing? Could I, it, it felt... It was... It's hard to explain, but it was there was no room to go anywhere else without bumping into You're them. just there. You're I was stuck. almost like trapped. 
Yeah, yeah. You're stuck. I get yeah. no. I get it. The, you've you've painted it well. Yeah, that is. It was like almost like deliciously tense. I didn't sure. mind the tension. <laughs> yeah. So, but but I because I wanted to see how it would unfold, but it was also equally awkward and uh, somewhat uncomfortable because the last thing I wanted was let's yeah. just say worst case scenario, she sees me and says, "What the f are you doing here? Get out!" It creates a scene. You know, I'm not. This is not my world. I'm new yeah. here. I don't want to create a scene. I don't want any problems. So I was very curious. To her credit, to my credit, I guess Barry Horowitz, nothing happened. Like no one said anything to anyone. But it's of all the, the people to the prep in that massive, this is why I'm telling you about the arena. This massive, massive stadium. All the wrestlers there, everyone there, even the dude from, uh, you know, the the barstool kid, the the the, the kid who does the show with Portnoy, the good looking kid with like the gazillion followers on on TikTok. He was there too. I don't even you don't know. know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I think Josh something is his name. Anyway, he was there. <laughs> Everyone was there. And of all the places, of all the people, of all the spots, yeah. it was... Now, it, is it possible that that was maybe just the first thing in a sequence now, right? Maybe that was the sign of like... I'd like to think so. I hey, mean, now, you know, that happened. We can maybe bring it up. We can talk about it. Hey, say, you know... Still, again, I did nothing wrong. It was, it was there. The common theme. Did nothing wrong, but I'd be happy to squash the beef, bury the hatchet, break bread, whatever. Um, you know, since well, you know, we said at the at the top, right? There's some people who want to, and some well, people that's, who don't. That's the whole thing. It was like Friday, Saturday. One was willing, the other wasn't. And if I'm being honest, can't force it. If I'm being honest, old Ko had more of a gripe than Rhonda. Well, yeah, but if you go, I called him a jabron. I never called her a jabron. No, you know, not that is at that least is not fair. in you know public. Now, have you? It is fair to say you've been critical. Fair. That but, is fair. No, no, no. But the criticism has only been fair. Oh, no. I'm not saying it's unfair criticism. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, but I would argue that there, that there is a route to reconciliation here. I think it so. It could be very easily – I don't think that – to your point, I don't think that there's much to rehash, right? It could be an easy conversation. To say, I, I would like to think so, but if you're going to hold a grudge, you're going to hold a grudge. I just couldn't believe that of all the spots, she right goes in front of you, right next. I mean, five, like, five like, inches. Like, like me standing here, she's where this thing is. Like, yeah, couldn't have been closer. Also, God, it would have been nice if that was the other day, right? Like, oh if, yeah, I Friday, mean, that, now Thursday. it's the time. Now we have that. Now we have the conversation. But man, so interesting back there. Loved it. Uh, Saturday was cool. He come back. Sunday was fun. Patrick, you know, he killed it once again. What a moment for him, our yeah. good friend Pat I, I'm McAfee. surprised you're going to give him the, the kudos. I thought Listen, I thought I get, there was a little bit of... I, I saw speaking him. Speaking of heat, speaking of rivalries. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know where we stand, you know. I've, I've, I think I've been shadow banned from the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's been like four or five months. Is it months. even the shadow ban? Maybe you're just banned. Maybe, Maybe I'm just, just banned, like, yeah. but he sees me. He's nice. I love the guy. I'm not, you know, Listen. I think in retrospect, you know, ripping the picture, you know, might have uh, struck might a hurt nerve. the feelings, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, you do what you got to do in this business. You do what you got to do. Uh, <laughs> that was incredible. One. Now, someone who was very invested in WrestleMania wasn't myself, wasn't even you. It was no. our good friend GC. So, actually, let's bring in GC now, who isn't here today, clearly, because you're sitting in his spot. Uh, he's in NOLA. Oh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is tremendous. How are we doing, guys? Hello, GC. How are you? 
I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is my? Do I still have that as my background? Sorry. Let me let me switch over here to. Oh, there, there no, he is. I'm in Bourbon Street. Sorry that that background was from uh, you know last week. I had to take care of business against old New York Rick. Uh, by the way, yes, go ahead, New York. Rick. I, I would just been meaning to ask. They they didn't tell you after. They didn't. They didn't tell you go that ahead. that, that go was. Ahead. Tell me in, what. In April Fools. Uh, yeah, on March thirty uh, first, fifty nine forty one. I mean, did, just easy didn't tell work you? of the guy. It, was, it wasn't even close. Wait, what was fifty nine forty one? Between they, the links. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, we they played a oh, show. They played an April Fool's yeah. joke, and they made, told made him light that, work of old New York Rick. that he had won. Yeah, I know. I know. I saw and he that. didn't get the message it down was, in New Orleans. It was fairly. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, as close to a ten seven they said as they've seen on that program. Maybe a ten eight if I, we're being fair. I, I appreciate you yeah, coming was, to my defense and saying that, yeah. but it, you know they 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 were doing something nice. They were putting him over on an April Fool's. But I appreciate you saying that that that's how lopsided it was. Okay, the the fit is amazing, GC. You look great. You're rocking the Jayhawks. I felt for you because you told me uh, last week the one scenario that you did not want was uh, North Carolina in the final. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was not a. Uh... It was everything was going so great until the last minute 15 of that game. Um, so yeah, we got one last shot at tonight. The Kansas Jayhawks. I've been wearing my gear all weekend, telling everybody rock shock. So hopefully they can pull it off. Um, how's New Orleans? You liking it? First time there? Oh, what a great city this is. I yeah. mean, it is beautiful. I did the whole Cafe Du Monde. I got the I got the biggest beads on the block. I mean, look at these things. Wow, so the, the size of a basketball. You We've had the beignets. I did the beignets. Wow. Uh, I'm just going to say, I don't think it was worth the wait. I, wow. I, went, I also had to go, yeah, didn't go to the OG one. I went to the one in the mall, oh. two-hour wait. I stood in a mall. I'm, I'm standing around, you know, dirty massage chairs and stuff. Yeah, no And, uh, yeah, and I got there. It was, eh, I wouldn't recommend it. There are better places to go. And uh, how was it seeing basketball in the, um, what is it, the, what is it, the Mercedes-Benz now or something? What is it called? Uh, Caesar's Sportsbook Superdome. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> you could have just said another another sports book. Yeah. Uh, how was it? Yeah, that's uh oh it was amazing, man. Such a huge stadium. It was it was crazy. It, it makes the floor feel so small. Uh but yeah, Duke UNC, it was it was through the roof. It got so loud in there. It was it was an insane game, so it lived up to the hype. So hopefully they uh they got their big win against Duke and now they lose tonight. Okay, so how do we do? WrestleMania, you did the picks, you weren't very confident. Yeah. I had yeah, it was uh, I was not I haven't gone back and looked, so I'm going to see right here with all of us. Yeah, I wasn't crazy confident. I got the recap here. We get the Usos. I think that was the lock of the the yeah. lock of the year so far. I yeah. don't know why I didn't put more on that. Keep street that up profits. there, uh, Tucker. I want to see that if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, street no, profits don't get recap. it done for me. Okay. Uh, yes, that's right. You know, I spoke to them on Saturday. They were very confident, but uh, that I told you that was a bit of a uh, yeah a flyer. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, the worst part is I wasn't watching it when it happened, and then I got a uh, tweet from from our good buddy Killershaw that Street Profits won, and what? I was getting all excited. He lied. Yeah, yeah he. <laughs> oh yeah, he trolled me hard. I, I I considered blocking him, but I didn't. But he got me good. That is uh, bad. Yeah, I, what an a hole. Oh yeah, I, I googled it and everything. I was oh. like, I told all my friends I was with. I was like, I just cashed a plus two fifty on WrestleMania. I did not. They lost. Wow. Um, yeah, it was it was bad. But we can get to Killershaw in a minute here. Okay. Uh, the Mysterios, they don't get it done for me. I mean, why would I have doubted Logan Paul? I mean, just the worst move on my part. By the uh, way, I didn't boy, mention Logan. I didn't mention him. 
one of the MVPs of the weekend. He was incredible. He did the three amigos spot. He looks the part. He acts the part. Saw Jake, of course. That guy, ooh, what a star to do that. I mean, because you remember when he was on the show, he was like, yeah, I don't know. When is it again? Am I training? Am I not training? I don't know if he was no selling me, but he was amazing. So, yes, go ahead. I mean, the outfit was fantastic. fantastic. He's been planning that for who knows how long. It was, it was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, my guy, AJ Styles, uh, doesn't get it done. You were, you were spot on with the edge pick. Uh, Brock Lesnar, you know, we took a shot in the dark. We hope for the best from the Beast Incarnate. He also doesn't get it done. The highlight, though, yes. the highlight that I have to say, I mean, I saw the promo that you cut on Saturday or yeah. Sunday, whatever it was. You were trying to make me nervous for my guy, Pat McAfee. <laughs> if I could put money down on Pat McAfee, how was I not going to put money down on Pat McAfee? And he cashes it for us, plus 130. Shout out to Pat. I'm, you know, Patrick. I know you got beef with him now after you ripped the picture and everything, which I said was aggressive from the jump. But uh, but Pat, (laughs) in in retrospect, do you think he's holding a grudge? I think so. I mean, you ripped his picture on, you know, international YouTube show here, so (laughs) it's uh, it was not a great look. But speaking of Pat, Mm. we go back to Killershaw. Uh, I believe we have the tweets here. Mind this, like this is me right after watching your promo. Loss on Pat McAfee, guaranteed. Theory will win. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pat Pat M's just happy to get a match. You know, GC's going to lose his money. He never listens to me. Talks about how he's uh, he's a fellow newer. I, I think that's in in regards to New York Rick. But, uh, yeah, big miss there by old K-Shaw. Wow. You came with receipts as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had to. I was reading this, and I was like, I cannot wait till Pat McAfee gets this done, and I can just rub it in this guy's face. Now, he claims to be a fan, too. Now, it's, it's Pat McAfee versus Theory because he did wrestle twice and lose to yes. Vince McMahon. So just for the record. Yes. Yeah, it was just Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Okay. So the bet cashed. All right. So overall, how did we do? Uh, overall, we finished uh, down 0.83 units. So uh, we lost less than a unit. Okay. I'm not going to complain about that. WrestleMania, you know, yeah. it's so flip. So it's, re- it's really just a nothing weekend. Uh, so, yeah. It is what it is. We're on to 273. Yeah, 273 is the real big one. I think overall, you get the uh, the Uso, you get McAfee, you took a couple flyers. I think overall, you did pretty well for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if the Mysterios hit, it's a winning weekend, and I and then, you know we get the favorites, we miss the flyers. It is what it is. And what do you have riding but on tonight? Uh, yeah, I got. I think I, I got a graphic for that. We got Kansas Jayhawks oh. uh, future ticket. If it's up there. You can see the date that it was placed, August 2nd, 2021. I was poolside in New Jersey when I placed it. Wow. Uh, so hopefully that hits. But, yeah, you can see the rip down there. There's my uh, Duke ticket and my Villanova ticket. So uh, Man, it's going to be tough you, to cope. If, if one I, of those – so if it would have been uh, Duke, you would have won either way. If it was Duke, Kansas, I would be sitting with, oh with my both God. tickets in my hand just waiting to cash, which happened last year. I had Gonzaga and Baylor last year. So I was looking for a repeat performance. But – it's going to be really disheartening if I had three of the four Final Four teams and uh, I didn't, I wasn't able oh to cash God, them. So yeah. hopefully Kansas wins tonight. Everybody pray for me. There's, uh, you know, a lot of emotional investment in the Jayhawks tonight. By the way, uh, did you uh, happen to see that New York Rick is sitting in your spot taking advantage of Yeah, I did. You know, I, I'm i not really bothered by it. I get it. He, he wants to sit in the King's throne for a while, feel what it's like to be, to be a winner. But, uh, you know. I'll be back Wednesday. I'll, I'll, I'll take my, my claim back. It's quite nice here. <laughs> it's, uh, it is nice, isn't it? You I've been renting it to, to you for too long. It's time, it's time to come back. 
it's time to come back. Uh, congratulations on uh, on that WrestleMania betting. Uh, what do you mean, congratulations? I, I feel like that's that's a that's kind of a mean thing to say. He didn't actually. I know he's telling me how about I'm a loser. I'm I'm hearing Tucker saying I lost every single bet. I mean, everybody's Whoa. just no. I thought <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I leave for I leave for one week. Everybody yeah. turns against me. How about the fact that I flew? I I woke up in Dallas this morning. Some might say you could have flown in and then flown back out to see the the game. You know, if people were questioning each other's, you know, dedication to the program, <laughs> you could have made it in time, right? Four o'clock. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's I, I I don't have a rebuttal. I mean, I could have. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> New Orleans to LaGuardia back straight straight oh, to the Superdome. Oh my gosh. Um, take a nice little nap here today. Well, you know, I uh, I'm going to root for Kansas for you. I can't imagine. What that would feel I, I would like. hope you would. <laughs> I, mean, um, I can't imagine what that would feel like. And as we look ahead, did you have something else you wanted to share, or can we uh, do a little look ahead to two seventy three? I think that's it. I think. All right. Sometimes you have surprises. I never know. And there was no draft. By the way, there is a DraftKings pool thing for a WrestleMania. I know. I saw, I saw that on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that on Saturday. I, I guess I fumbled that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to all the WrestleMania fans out there. Oh, it's all right. I got excited. I was like, "Wow, this this is exactly you know." Is it possible I said it on the show and they took my idea and put it into action? I'm, listen, <laughs> I think that's a completely logical claim after the air fryer, yes. after the 199-200 thing. I mean, We're I talking think they about are it. always tapped in. And then all of a sudden they're saying like, hey, you know, who's going to win? How are they going to win? I was like, what? Um, all right. So, wow. This is crazy, guys. Uh, 273 this weekend. I don't know if you've had a chance. Have you made any picks yet, Connor? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've already i I've already posted them on Twitter. I got like six six bets oh, in a couple parlays. Excuse me for living. Excuse me. Uh, Andre, <laughs> uh, Alex, did you do Alex Volkanovsky? Yes. He's minus seven sixty. What was he when you got him? Yeah, minus three twenty. I Whoa. took a uh, yeah. I took a parlay uh, a month ago with. Yeah, I've been I've been adding money to that as well. Yeah, it's it, the the numbers are getting crazy. He opened as a minus 330. New York Rick, you seem shocked by that number. It just feels a little high? Yeah. I mean that like a little high. Like minus 700. You're you're getting into like the like that's, lock territory like stuff yeah, that they lose. I'm I'm with Connor. That that's lock territory. That's like complete mismatch territory. I don't think this is that. That's like that's like late notice you know, Joe Soto stepping in on a day. You know, that's that's that territory. I I don't know about that. Uh, but I'm all over Connor's minus, what was it, three something. Like that that feels like the right side of the play for sure. But minus 700 is is a little bit steep for, for my. Plus five. We have Volkanovski. We have Volkanovski at like minus 160 against Brian Ortega in September. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with GC on this. Uh, Zombie opened up as a plus 265. He's currently a plus. 525. Man, no respect for that zombie. Is, that's a huge price tag. Plus 525. Yeah. For a, a championship flyer? fight, that's that's pretty crazy. Worth a flyer? Man, I don't know. I don't know. Like I I know I know how New York Rick feels on this. I, I feel like the one best has that has the best ability to pull off the upset would be Algermain. Yeah, well, Algermain Sterling is a plus three fifty. Piotr Jan is a minus four seventy five. You have anything on that? Yeah, it was it was Jan, Hamzat, and Volkanovski parlay. Oh, all the favorites. 
<laughs> yeah. So like if you did an opposite one, if you did an opposite, if you did a, a Burns, Aljamain, Korean zombie parlay right now. Oh, yeah. Plus 12,838. <laughs> wow. Insane. Not a crazy one, by the way. I mean, to get if plus you put $10 000, on that to win off. Yeah, that's you, not the like, craziest. That is crazy. That's not the crazy. Like, that's not the least likely three outcomes I could think of. I mean, it's hard to hit all three of those dogs like that, but that's. Yeah, I, that's, I, I don't see all the dogs winning, but like, yeah. yeah, Vegas is giving it like a less than a 1% chance of that happening. Wow. Uh, Hamza currently a minus 490, Gilbert a plus 360. That line opened in November. And I'm pretty sure it opened at minus 110, minus 110. I think there's a couple people out there that have that slip yes. from November. I'm looking at it. sitting on that. Wow. Minus 110, That's minus crazy. 110. That's crazy. Can I, can I say one thing about this line, though? Yeah. I see a lot of people talking about this line. Reminder, right? The lines are not established to tell you who's going to win and who's going to lose. Mm-hmm. That's not what that's for. It's not predictive. They're not telling you this guy's going to win and this, and this guy or this girl is going to lose. What they're trying to get is equal action on both sides of the line. They're trying to push those lines to the point where the people that are backing Hamza bet on him and the people that are backing Gilbert Burns bet on him. The lines are not this guy is going to win and this guy is going to lose. So just remember that when you're thinking about these lines because there's a lot of people out there like Gilbert Burns at this. It's crazy. If it was, if it truly was, there'd be enough action. There'd be enough people betting on it that that line would move. It do, it's not moving. It's In fact, it's probably gone in the opposite direction in, in a big way. So there's a lot of people who are like, wow, Gilbert Burns is being disrespected, but they're not putting their money up mm. to, to show that Gilbert Burns is being disrespected. The line is where the line is because it opened and then the public pushed it all the way there. The betting line is not we, the books think this guy's going to win and this guy's going to lose. Just remember that because people, people are all talking about this Burns line, but like they're not putting tickets on it. They're definitely not That's betting on it. That's what I'm saying. It. That's what I'm saying. I, you you see when you get these huge dogs on respectable names like Gilbert Burns and the number gets so huge, you see everybody talking about how crazy the line is. And it's just like, well, I mean, why do we even have to talk about how crazy it is? Just bet on Gilbert Burns. then. if it's so crazy, if it's so disrespectful, bet on Gilbert Burns and then, you know, see if I it cashes. Like, I feel like me and GC are back. Like, this is good this right is, here. We're, we're I mean, you guys have always been back. Up. You've always no. been back. I, I think well, it was have, bumpy. It was bumpy, uh, you know, last week, but but maybe we're, we're back We're trying now. to break you up. Um, <laughs> no, that, that is actually a really good insight, and I think as people are starting to get more and more into this sort of thing, they need to remember that. Who do you – okay, so then with that in mind, uh, New York Rick, who is being disrespected the most? I mean, GC knows my answer here. We talked about it. Oh. Aljamain <laughs> Sterling. Really? I think, I think he is – I'm not. I think he's a live dog. I'm not about to say that I think this is an even fight. Like I, I think I think the the favor is with Jan. Uh, I would slight lean that way, but betting odds wise, I think there's a little bit of value on Aljamain Sterling. I think Aljamain Sterling's the one that, because of how lopsided that first fight was, I think he's he's being overlooked. To if you look at the fights in the lead up to that fight. That man looked unstoppable. Like the way he finished Corey Sandhagen, I think people like it opened people's eyes to what he can do. Peter Jan is very, 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 very good. Um, I don't. I, I believe that that he he is a rightful favorite, but I do think there's a tiny bit of value on Aljamain Sterling. I think there are routes to victory for him where if he can get uh, Jan down, if he can get his back, if he can get into a scramble, that there are opportunities to win for him. Uh, so that that's where my head's at, Aljamain Sterling. You agree, GC? 
Yeah, I mean, we're just on fire with the agreements today. I man. love it. This is good. I, mean, I yeah, need it's this. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like what he just said. Like he he was, you know, one of the best fighters in the world before uh, the last Jan fight. Um, and you know, you said it to Aljamain in the interview last week. Like it feels like people have forgotten just how good he was. Obviously, I think Jan is going to win. I put my money on Jan already. But if I'm sitting there with a losing ticket, uh, the one I would be least surprised by is Aljamain Sterling. My good friend uh, Casey Leiden here sharing uh, some predictions from fans. 90% are picking Volkanovski. 91% are picking Jan. Yeah. 86% are picking Hamza. That makes sense. And this goes to what I was talking about before. There's a lot of people saying, Gilbert Burns, Gilbert Burns, look at the line. Look at the line. They ain't picking them. They ain't putting their money up. That's just, that is what it is. Um, but that dude is, that dude is very, very, very good. Um, and people forgot on, smoked pe- Sanhagen. Remember not that long ago. I was talking about Burns, but oh, yes, sorry, sorry. Aljamain yeah. as well. But with Burns, Burns this is, good. this is a predictive bet. People are expect like, you don't know how Hamzat Shemaev is going to look against the best in the world. He hasn't faced them yet. Uh, uh, Lee Jiangliang is very good. No doubt. Very good. I, I rate him pretty highly. Um, I think that win is significant. I think what he's done this far is very significant. But Gilbert Burns is a huge jump up. This is this is a next level fight for Hamza Chamayev. This is a predictive bet. People are betting that he is the next guy. That's what this is. This is what a, what it will signify. They're, they don't know. There isn't the track record there. They are saying, "I believe that he's the guy," and now we will we will get to see it. But Gilbert Burns could very. I, I think there's a world where Gilbert Burns could say he wasn't ready for this. He he just wasn't ready for this level. Um, I. I'm higher on Hamzat. I'm with the people who are predicting success. Um, but it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. I think Hamzat wins. I also think there's a scenario where, you know, like Floyd fought Canelo as Canelo was coming up and caught him at, yeah. a, <clears throat> at a point where he wasn't quite up. Could Gilbert catch Hamzat as he's climbing? I think you can convince yourself of that. I don't think it ultimately happens. I do have to say... And I have no problem saying this. I even messaged Gilbert, you know, we can't have him on the show, blah, 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 permission slip. But I said, man, my respect for you is infinite for taking this fight because a lot of people wouldn't take this fight. And you are like out there, you were campaigning for this fight. So, you know, you can't say anything about Gilbert Burns. That is a uh, that is a gangster move there. Underdog pick of the week. <clears throat> Before we get to Demetrius Johnson, everyone loves my underdogs and they've been hitting left, right, and center. I mean, we need to get that graphic up. <laughs> Mark Matson plus one fifteen. I mean, that looks like a juicy. I'll give you my Ooh. official one. Mark Matson. No, no, you disagree. No, I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. <clears throat> I like I've already that one too. On Mark Matson. All, all three of us. Uh, Mark Matson plus one fifteen. Vince Pichel minus one thirty five. Twenty five percent takedown defense for Pichel going up against an Olympic wrestler. How about that? How about that? That's a big one. All right, we'll get to the uh, the official picks on Wednesday. We'll get to DJ now, gentlemen. It's been fun. I like doing this, this three-way thing. This is nice. We should do more of this. I like it very much. GC, we're all with you. Rock, Chalk, Jayhawk. Get Rock, it done. Chalk, Jayhawk tonight. Get it done. Please. Where are you sitting? Front row? Courtside? Way <laughs> up. Way up in the nosebleeds. Perfect. Perfect. With the people. <laughs> Man of the people. Enjoy. And don't go to that place behind you over there, over your left shoulder, okay? Stay out of there. We need you back oh, Larry, on Larry yeah. yeah, yeah, please. Um, if Kansas wins, I'm going to have a hard time not going. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> All right. Thank you, GC. Thank you, New York Rick. Appreciate you guys very much. Good man, love. GC. Bye. Um, getting to get to DJ here in a second. But, Fashion, 
Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash MMA. Dot com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. First, why do I have a hanger here? I'm not quite sure. Thank you very much. Please support them because they support us. All right, without further ado, let's go to our next guest. We love having this man on. He had a big win, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before that, March 26th. He was in Singapore. He was a big part of 1X. He's the one and only Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson. There he is. What's up, DJ? How are you? What's up, Ariel? Oh, not much. Just chilling. Just living. I woke up in Dallas this morning, DJ, and here I am in New York City doing this show. How about that? How about that kind of commitment? I was going to say, your energy level is a little bit. Oh, you, you're not feeling Down. me? You're not feeling me? <laughs> okay. I'll show you energy, DJ. I'll show you. No, you know what? <clears throat> Ultimate compliment on a show like this where I had one hour sleep. You know, you call upon your buds, cause the people you want to talk to, the people that put you in a good mood, you're the first guest of the show. So if that's not the ultimate hey. compliment, what is? All right? Hey, well, let's get you all uh, excited. Yes. How, how was Dallas? Did you have a good time? I had a good time. Thank you for asking. I was at WrestleMania. Oh, dope, dope. I saw uh, uh, Logan Paul's outfit. He looked like Sabretooth from the 95 X-Men Classic show. Yes, he looked incredible, if you ask me, right? I mean, what a bod. Yeah, good for those guys, man. Good for those guys, you know? Look, they're, they're in WrestleMania, never never wrestled. They haven't competed in fucking WWE right. Raw or... You know, NW, none of that stuff. And look yeah. at them getting a, getting a chance to walk right into WrestleMania. Give would, you, those guys. would you ever do that? Yeah, I think I'll do it. Why not? I'll be for fun. Like for a big event like that, WrestleMania? Sure, why not? Man, you flipping around over there. I mean, I think you would actually be incredible. You'd be one of those like high flyer cruiserweights. Cruiserweights in WWE isn't like cruiserweight in boxing. It's one of the smaller guys. Um, so you would be one of those guys. I think you would be fantastic. I don't want to be flying around. I'll just be running around super fast. And then... Uh, jumping on people and like doing like kicks and shit. Would you come out in a Mighty Mouse suit? No. No. It's weird. No. I mean, this is the second time that you poo-poo the Mighty Mouse idea. <laughs> I feel like you don't actually like this nickname. I mean, 
I, I like it. I like Mighty better, you know. Um, you don't get to pick your nicknames. You can't, you can't choose them. So, you know, like I said, if it was for me, my nickname would just be Black Ice or Mighty. I like Mighty. Like, when I play games, some of my teammates call me Mighty. Like, watch out, Mighty. So that's just stuck to me uh, more. Mm. By the way, I may have asked you this like 12 years ago when we first met, but who did give you the Mighty Mouse nickname? Um, it was my coach, uh, coach friend, Steve Skids. Um, he was my first coach and at the gym I was training now, I was the smallest guy there and I'll be training with, you know, the middleweights, heavyweights, and I, I love superheroes, comic books. And he was like, yeah, your nickname's Mighty Mouse. And I was like, oh, perfect. And then I came out with it like my second amateur fight and everybody loved it. So it's, it stuck. All right. So let's talk about the two Saturdays ago, one X. What a scene. It was fun. What a show. Did you enjoy it? First off, Dude. like the, the, the whole thing, the fans back. Seems like you did. Dude, the show, not just the grand finale, but part one, part two, and obviously the grand finale, like that kickboxing, the hero Akimoto versus Capitan. Holy shit. Like, like I was in I was in the room watching it and I was like, this is this is fucking amazing. Like, if you're a fan of like just spice in general, like that show was absolutely amazing. Cause you had the grappling, you have the kickboxing, you have the Muay Thai, you have the mixed martial arts, you had everything on the menu like it was full course it, it had everything so I, I loved it and have the fans back that was a very nice treat um i think it was a solar out arena i know uh, singapore still at that um capacity level for covid restrictions but absolutely amazing show from from start to to finish by the way what is it like over there now life like did you have to correct me for not knowing the details but you don't have to quarantine and all that stuff right so this time around, it was a lot better than my previous uh, time I was in Singapore. Um, we got there, we did a, a COVID test, came back, mine came back negative, and we can go anywhere in the hotel at any time we wanted. We just couldn't leave the hotel. Oh, man. And so I was able to swim, I was able to work out, get like an hour and a half workout. You know, when I went there last time, I was fighting Adriano, it was like, you get 45 minutes out of your room and that's it. Wow. And then you're right back in there. So that was, you know, that was a little bit struggle, but this was nine day difference. Like I felt better, adjusted way better. It was just a way better experience this time. So you can't even go for a walk on the street, like get fresh air or something like that. You can't just like stroll around. Well, not right now. So we could have, but one championship didn't want to take the risk of one of the athletes going out and getting COVID and coming back because we did have the test before we went to the arena. And if we were to go out and get COVID because COVID's Still, I mean, COVID's still yeah, yeah. running around, you know, getting through people's front door and shit. So they want us to come back, go out, come back, test positive for COVID. The next thing you know, the card is, you know, right. ruined. So nobody on the card, I believe, tested positive for COVID. Every card, every fight on the card was uh, a go. Everybody made weight. So it was perfect. And then after we fought, they're like, y'all go whatever, y'all do whatever y'all uh, want now. Go ahead, go up. And I was like, shit, it's 1 a.m. Who going to bed? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, at least you got to work out and swim and all that stuff. By the way, uh, not to make excuses, but can we chalk the previous loss to maybe not being able to, like, have a proper training, workout week? You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's why you lost nah. Adriano. No? I'm trying to... Nah, nah. Ah, he, okay. he came out and he performed that night. So we had the same stipulations. He came yeah. out, he performed, and got that finish. So, uh, you know, I don't say, oh, that one doesn't count. Losses are losses, you know, and I take it like a man and... I give people their losses like a man too. And, you know, it's part of the game. 
Okay, so I talked to you before the fight. You were still like a little bit iffy on the rules. You didn't really know everything. Once you got there, I'm sure they brought you up to speed. Were you nervous going into that first round because you couldn't use some of your great, you know, tools like the wrestling, like the grappling? Well, and I was a little nervous because I always revert back to my natural instincts, which is if somebody's going to close the distance like he did, like that was a thing I was really impressed about. Like right when the fight started, he just he just walked right across the fucking cage and, and punched yes. me in the face. And that's when I, I came in and started to uh, body lock him. And once I body locked him, I went and, they, and I threw two knees and they stopped. And he goes, oh, you can't do that. And I'm like, in mixed martial arts, when we clinch at AMC, that is part of clinching for us. Like, you clinch somebody, body lock, you can throw knees, you know, angle them and throw a knee to the, from the left side. But he said you have to stop. And if you go back and watch the fight, uh, to give you more context about this, if you go back and watch uh, the Hiro Akimoto versus Capitan fight, um, Capitan's a Muay Thai fighter. So he's a champion in kickboxing, but he likes to push forward and clinch. Like, when you can, you can tell a Muay Thai guy who's fighting a kickboxer because when the Muay Thai guy starts losing the kickboxer, they rush in, they close the distance, and they start clinching immediately. So if you go back and watch that fight against Hero, um, he starts clinching him immediately, immediately. And the refs start, started breaking him. Like, stop, stop clinching, stop breaking the rules. Then he got fined 10%. Then he got fined 20%. And I told Matt, I was like, Matt, I ain't coming over here to lose 10% of my paycheck, okay? I, I ain't about that life. I'm, we're going to fight. I know I'm going to get hit. We're going to exchange. So if you go back, back to my fight, if you go back to my uh, fight, you'll see part of the fight when, I'm, when we're clinching, I'm like this. Like my hands are straight out because I don't want to get dinged for any points. Because naturally, like for me, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to grab and step to the right and dump. So I'm like this, throwing knees. And I told Ben, I was like, it was the hardest thing to do because – Naturally, I want to. I want to clinch him. Somebody crosses distance like that. That's takedown. It, easy money. You're pro, you're closing distance for me. Easy takedown. That was the only hardest thing. And then once uh, I think after the minute and a half, I started to settle in. And then that's when I just started like trying to throw combinations. And I was getting hit with some pretty good shots from Rotang. Um, but you know, it's part of the fight. Three minute rounds. How did that? Feel? I mean, you only had to go through one of them because you finished them in the second. Oh, that, that, was easy. that first round must have flown by, right? It, it flies by like being used to fighting around. I, I feel like, and how I fight, I'm always, I'm always in it. You know what I mean? Like I'm always trying to find angles, trying to, you know, do some things, try to engage. But the three minutes, you know, it went by and I wasn't even, I wasn't even breathing hard. And he wasn't either. Cause he's more of a slow starter too. But for me, five, I mean, I'm used to five minutes. So, and the training camp for this, like the sparring rounds are pretty just like that. Like there'll be times where Matt would just, he would just be all over me and just basically blitz me. By the way, you mentioned Matt a couple of times. You're a longtime head coach, Matt Hume, who also works for one. You can't have him in your corner. How much do you miss that? No, I miss it. Miss it. Yeah, I miss it. I, I miss lining up in the, in the hallway and having a chick, you know, count down 10 seconds and then that's, you know, rubbing my neck and getting my, my, my getting me in the right mindset. But it's, it's part of my journey as a mixed martial artist, you know. It's it's something that we knew that was going to happen. And it's it's given me opportunity to go out there and compete almost on my own. Like, my teammates, they do a great job. Like, I, I got the cornerman uh, mic information. And I'm at this, in this part of my career where I feel like what gets me through my fights is my fundamentals uh, from my amateur career and my amateur career. 
Um, and what I mean by that is that if somebody has good fundamentals, like if I, if I take somebody down, I'm, I'm posturing up, I'm going ankles, knees, hip to pass guard. Once I pass guard, it's position before submission. On the feet, you, you always want to circle away from the power. If you're going to circle towards the power, circle away from the power so they overextend. So it's all fundamentals that I feel like I revert back to. And then obviously the, the conditioning and the little pieces of the training camp and the sparring, but I revert back to my fundamentals when I'm fighting without Matt being in the corner. And then when I get back to the corner, my teammates give me my advice. And then, but this time <laughs> I go back to the corner. My teammates goes, this show round, baby, this show round, uh, you take it to him. I was like, okay, let's, let's go get it boys. So it was fun. And, and when you're there on fight week, are you still not like, are you not training with him? Or are you not talking? How does that work? Like when does the communication end? I mean, we can talk and, and, yeah. and like, you know, it's more, I mean, if Chachi's there, Chachi will be talking to all the athletes too. Um, but we don't train together and, you know, and then he will like, good luck, have, have fun and just go out there and fight. Like, don't worry about anything. Just go out there and fight. And your, your natural instincts will, you know, your trainer will come to play in the fight. And that's it. Uh, your your wife always used to be at your fights in the UFC. Does she not go to these now? I know she didn't go last year, but was she at this one? With COVID, she, mm. my wife don't play that game. My wife's like, my wife will show up and be like, I have a native COVID test and you don't lock me in this, you're going to lock me in this room. Ain't fucking happening. I, uh, I need it. Mm-mm. So we're hoping in uh, my next fight, she'll be able to come, but it doesn't make any sense for her to fly all the way to Singapore and sit in the hotel room right. just to go to the fight, you know? So yeah, once, once the country opens back up, I think she'll continue to come to my fights. Do you miss that? Oh, 1000%. I mean, when I'm in training camp, she's in training camp too, because she's taking care of the kids. She's making sure I have the proper food to eat. So for her, you know, when I go out there and compete and fight, it's a big relief for her because she's, she's a huge part of the product because she's at home, take care of the kids, make sure my food's good. Then I would have to do all that myself. So it sense it's almost like uh, a victory for her as well. When I win and she gets to be part of it. When you went into that second round, were you like, all right, I could use my grappling, I could use my wrestling, I need to finish this guy so I don't have to do the first round all over again? Because it was Muay Thai MMA, Muay Thai MMA. Yeah, so I knew that he was going to use more footwork and not come forward like he did the first round. And I just wanted to make sure, and I, I told my teammates, and I told, told Matt that, and I was like, I'm not going to rush it. I'm not going to rush it. I don't care if we get to this, if, if we get to this second round and I don't give him to the ground or submit him, I'll go, I'll go to a third round and do Muay Thai again. I was like, I don't, I don't care. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to rush and put myself in uh, a position where I'm going to overextend and get caught and get knocked out. Like I'd rather take my time, get there. And when I get there, I'm going to just go to work and then try to get him out of there. You got the sub felt pretty good right nice to get a win again even though i felt like you were kind of like a little kid you see that even when you're laughing why are you laughing i felt like you were like a little like you almost viewed this as like an exhibition like that's not a that's not the win that gets your mojo back even though it's a win because it wasn't an mma fight and all that right i never i never felt that i lost my mojo right i think uh there's a ufc fighter uh jesse i think she's a 115, 125, I'm not sure. Jessica Rose Clark? Uh, she says, huh? Jessica Rose Clark with the tattoos? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her last way, she looked like fucking Harley Quinn. She had, you know, tattoo in her yeah, eye, yeah, yeah. monster energy sponsor. Yeah, so she posted something and she said she saw like a sports psychiatrist and she said that the athlete 
us as athletes are so attached to our wins and our losses. Like, and you know, you win, you're up. And when you lock, when you lose, you're down. And there's another, another coach. Um, he's a motocross, supercross coach that I, I listen to. And he talks about um, a rider, like uh, a supercross or a motocross rider will ride almost every other weekend. And they win, they win their races and they lose their races. And he says the biggest thing about a racer is that you need to watch out for their development in their racing because if a racer is always trying to get that first place and, and they don't get it, then they're, they're depressed and they're down on themselves. So I listen to these people and I take certain things from them where when I win my fights, yes, it, it feels great. It, it feels amazing. And when I lose, it sucks. And you know, I, I don't want to lose. So I try to keep myself with this even playing field. So the fight gets rotting. It was a great fight. Loved it. Very happy. I got the victory. Um, and it was awesome to share the ring with them. And, you know, I, I'm just humble and I'm grateful that I was able to get this win and be able to come out healthy and unscathed. Were you always like this? Like, did you always have this approach to winning and losing? Or is that something you develop over time as an athlete? Um, I develop over time as an athlete and I see other people go through it, you know. Uh, and, yeah, I think being in the game for so long, you know, my losses to Dom, uh, Dom Henry, Pickett, Adriano. Like you learn from those, right? And I come back home and I get right back in the gym and start training for the next one. Even when I was on that consecutive title defenses, came home, got right for the next one. So I just like to have that mindset because it just, it just helps me as an athlete. Like it just keeps me healthy and it keeps me, my mental health good too. Do you, um, when you see athletes like freak out after a loss, right? Like allow it to you know, take over their life and they crumble. And it's like, when you see that, what does that say to you? Don't, I I try to, I try to tell my dog, it's it's all good. Like, and Adrian said something to uh, Stan Fairtex too. He said she, she, it was on one, uh, a one championship behind the scenes. Stan Fairtex came to Adriano and he goes, I wanted to win so damn bad. He goes, I know, I know. But today you have to learn today. You, it was your time to learn. And I was like, that's one of the things I love about the athletes at one championship is like, we're all fucking just chill. Like I'm in the back, Rotting's in the back. You know what I said? I said, Rotting, I said, hey, dog, I said, hey. I said, when I hit you, I was like, did it hurt? And he goes, nah, I was like, okay, 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 I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that one. And then I go, okay, okay. Did I hit as hard as all the other people you fight? And he goes, it's all the same. Y'all don't know. It's all the same. Wow. I was like, okay, at least I'm on. I'm on. Look, we're just chilling. You, you see, you know, Angela Lee back there with her baby and Stamp, they're talking. Um, I'm back there. I was talking to Adriano. I was talking to Yuya Wakamatsu. Like, we're just, we're all athletes and we're all professional, right? Like, we all want to win and we all want to see each other win and, and do good. But when the cage is, when the cage closed or when we step in the ring, we want to go out there and put on the best performance with the fans and we also want to win. But we never want to, you know, degrade one another right so you know yeah it's just a it's just dope vibe over there it's just yeah. different you you, you, you you ain't got people sneaking up on you at the steakhouse trying to knock your tooth out you know uh, what i mean uh, <laughs> i bet i bet you see that stuff and you're like damn thank god i'm not a part of this right this circus i want no part of this i was like two grown two, two grown man i was like it's just 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 not the way you want to do things yes well at least not for you. But by the way, uh, you say all that, and I believe most of what you just said. But Sexyama and Aoki were pretty tense up there, right? I mean, they weren't punching each other at the steakhouse, but it wasn't love. You know, it wasn't la di da, lovey dovey. 
he called he called sexy ever called him an uncivilized gangster yeah. i lost my shit when he said uh, that <laughs> i love did you meet him you know there, there, uh, who's sexy Emma? yeah 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 i met him for and we i think i feel like we fought on the same card together in my ufc days I, i'm not oh. sure um but yeah great guy um i told him to hit me, hit me up with one of those shirts he's got one of those you know those damn deep deep oh, yeah, neck yeah. you like those shirts, but, uh, what's that you like those I like him. It's different. It's it's it, it, it's a little bit, um little sexy swag, you yes, know. So yes, I said, send me an extra small, <laughs> send me an extra small, and one and a large for my boy. So we'll rock that. Um, but you were going to say something before about like their their tension. Yeah. So their tension. Yeah, I, I feel there is some bad blood, but right after the fight, they went to each other, they bow, they talked, and they respect one another, and they go about their lives. It's not something you take outside of, I should say, the promotion. Like, who knows, they might, if they were to bump heads in uh, Japan, I'm pretty sure they'll be respectful for one another. But then again, you know, they never cross that boundaries of talking about each other's families and stuff like that. Mm. So, but there is some bad blood over there, but for all the guys I've ever competed with or been surrounded by, it's always been chill vibes. Like from the fair, from fair text camp to American top team to Angela Lee's corner, even Yuya Wakamatsu's corner. I saw him and we're talking. I mean, it's just, it's like we're all college students and we're all competing against each other and we go back to the dorms together. Have, has there been any talk of coming to America? I know there was talk before the pandemic. You hearing anything? Yeah, there, I, it's, it's definitely in the, in the works. Like obviously with COVID-19 and see, with one championship being a Singapore-based uh, promotion, trying to get over here is a lot more effort, especially with all of the... I think COVID really just is really holding it back, to be honest with you. That's the biggest thing. Do you care? Like, are you like, man, I can't wait to fight back home, or do you not really care? Yeah, I, I mean, I the only place I miss fighting is Vegas. I just love fighting in Vegas. Mm. There's no taxes. Mm. It's a three-hour flight. Everything's open. Um, great, amazing food. But I have been really enjoying, you know, fighting over in, you know, Asia. Only thing I don't like about it is just the, the time difference and – the the travel is like 18 hours so it's pretty brutal damn um and then coming back so I'm, I'm about to go back uh for my buddy james he's fighting on april 22nd so i'm about to go back i'm like oh, 18 hour flight and then the time zone change get back like switching time zones and and trying to get acclimated to the time zone is the hardest thing i've ever had to do in my career like weight cutting is easy i'll sit my ass in that tub and well eight and a half pounds off jump on the scale gucci but going there trying to get sleep and then waking up and then I, I just despise it. <laughs> How, is it 18 hours direct? No. So it's 10 hours. So my last night was 10 hours to Japan. It was like two and a half hour layover. Okay. And then it's like eight hours from Japan to Singapore, seven to eight hours to Singapore. So it, it, it's Ooh. a long trip. And when you get to Singapore, it's like we got there, it was 1 a.m. So it's just, yeah, it's just a, you know, it's, yeah, it's just a lot of traveling. Now, so Adriano also fought. Uh, he's still the champ. Mm -hmm. Are you fighting him next? Are you getting a rematch? No, I don't believe so. I think I'm going to be fighting uh, probably a couple more before oh, earning yeah. that title shot again. Wow. Um, his fight against his fight against Yuya Wakamatsu was uh, pretty good. It was a great contest. I felt Yuya did a great job. Um, and Adriano, he's tough, man. Like he has an interesting way about going about how he fights. Um, he's longer, and he he likes to play the distance and they were both counter counter strikers. So for me, I felt 
the last time I fought him, I, I just, I just like to fight. Like I like to just like the one thing I loved about the Rob Tank fight was that he brought the fight to me and I responded. Right. So typically Matt says I excel when the fight gets going. Like when you're out there and you're trying to play this long range game, that's not your, you can do that. You have the skill set, but you excel when you start fighting because one, you're mentally tough, your condition is great and you have great um, fundamentals. Like you don't make a mistake and then use your opponents to make a mistake and you start getting ahead of them. You start, you know, you look at all my previous fights, I always started getting ahead of my opponents and they, their condition can keep up. So for me, I have to almost pull back. Like when I, when I look at the last time when I fought him, I felt like I was more patient then it would have been, I don't think I would have got caught by the uppercut and ate that knee. But if I was to play the long distance game, kind of how Yuya Wakamatsu would have done, I probably got fucking yellow card and lost 10% of my pay mm. because I wasn't going to make, I wasn't going to commit. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard fight to approach. And I know it's a hard fight to approach and I respect that it's a hard fight to approach. So I want to make sure the next time I do get that opportunity, it will probably be my last opportunity. Um, I want to make sure I'm fully prepared for that fight. Instead wow. of all these guys, oh man, what's that next title shot? Dog, I'm ready for it. Yeah, ends up losing, and next thing you know, it's like, right. well, now you can get another title shot. You uh. should have did two more. It's like the, it's like the brand, uh, Figueredo versus um, Brandon mm. Moreno. It's like, why do a fourth fight? Why? It's like, fight Pantoja. Let Pantoja fight. Let Kayakara France fight. Fight somebody totally different. Go out there, get your mojo back if you feel like you need it, and move and see, get a fresh look in front of you. Right? Like everybody's always trying to chase this title. Don't chase the title. The title will come if, if you're worthy for it, right? If you, if your path sets you, if your path leads you to that, don't just try to run down the road and run into the same fucking roadblock, like fight something else. And maybe you'll find something else in the other fights that you go against. And then when you approach that roadblock, you're like, ah, I know how to do this this time. It's not the same. It's not the same thing I've been looking at for the last past two to three years, Like do something different. That's my opinion, but oh. that's just me. That's great insight. That's great insight uh, on multiple fronts because like in the past, you've always been like, oh, I don't pay attention. I don't pay attention. You pay attention to everything. You knew the whole situation. You know everything. I pay attention on. to everything, but I don't have to talk about it. I don't go on, I don't go on Twitter like, yeah. it's, I have my opinions and I have my, my insight on things. But, you know, when somebody asks me about it, then I'll give my, my opinion on it. Or if we're on that, on that uh, conversation about my situation with Adriano, I feel it's the same thing with uh, yeah. Figueredo and Brendan Moreno. Like, yes, it makes a line of money sense uh, for the UFC and maybe for the athletes too. But if you go and fight him, you know, I know how the, I know how the UFC contracts are structured. So whether Brendan Moreno fights Figueredo or fights Kai Car France, I'm sure he's trying to get the same pay. They boys ain't get pay-per-view points. They never gave flyweight pay-per-view points. So they don't act like y'all getting, you know, 800,000 pay-per-view buys. You know, that's kind of, that's, that, those, those guys. So, you better off finding Kai Car France or Pantoja. And then if you get that, boom, you get your show and your win. So you you probably made 250. Okay, then you might be on an escalator. So you fight another one. There's another 250. So you just made 500K. And now you fight for the world title. Then you get your 30K, uh, 30K Reebok sponsorship. And then you're like, hey, you know, I'm on my, I got two fights in my contract. You know what? I don't want to resign. I'm going to fight this one. I, I, oh. I believe in myself. You guys, then you fight, and then let's say you win the belt. Next thing you know, you're in a great position. So it's better to, like, fight, just to fight, to make your money. Because at the end of the day, that's what we do, of course, fight and make money. Then go for the, you know, shit. 
I can go on all fucking day, man. This is great insight. This is great. I feel like more people should ask your opinion on these things. No, because they won't like it. Why? What do you mean? The proof is in the pudding. I don't know. That's why you. I don't know. That's why I get into arguments, and I hate getting arguments because everybody has their own opinion. It's interesting. You pay attention more to flyweight than you do bantamweight, even though you fight at one thirty-five these days, right? Like, there's more of a personal connection to one twenty-five, right? No, no, no. I, I look at I look at one thirty-five. I look okay. at you know uh, the Peter Yan versus Ajmer Sterling fights would be amazing. Um, sure, Sean Malley, he, he's a great example about the same situation. He was yeah. like, or even Patty Patty Pimlet. He was like, he said, "Nah, I'm not gonna fight a top ten or top 15 I'm like, "What?" see like my mindset back in the day when i fought matt says we just fucking fight that's what we do like don't worry about the money the money's gonna come just keep on fighting keep on fighting so when he said he won't take it i think he said he won't take a top 10 or top 15 mm-hmm. he's making 12 and 12 I, I understand that that is you know for how much he brings to the table contracts it is what it is shit when i first fought it was three and three okay but wow. um <clears throat> him saying he won't take a top 15 i'm like when they're like you want to fight rotting the best fighter in the world? i was like sure let's do it you want to move they're like you want to fight the type? i was like I'm going to move, move, Muay Thai belt, but I'll fight him in Muay Thai. And I told Matt, I was like, we get paid to fight. We don't get paid to pick and choose what we're going to do. So, uh, but yeah, I paid to 135. I'm super excited for Peter Yan and um, Adamar Sterling. Um, that's going to be a great fight. Uh, I'm sure Sean O'Malley's doing great. Dominic Cruz, Aldo. Yeah, I watch, I watch those guys. I'm also a fan of those guys too. I love this, man. I wish you didn't drop all this knowledge on us at the very end of the interview. Um, because I'd love to pick your brain more about the business and advice and all that stuff. Unfortunately, we have to go. Could I just ask, when are you going to come back? When do you think you'll come back? It'd be summertime. Oh, oh, well, ooh, okay. I like this. A little activity here yep. from DJ. This is nice. Do you have an opponent? No opponent yet. No, no. It's going to be uh, uh, July or August, summertime. So I got a couple trips. Um, and then I'll be right back in the training camp. I'll go to the gym right after this to hit some weights. And then, yeah, get back into it. You're the man, DJ. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. How's my energy level towards the end? Better? It was great. It's great. It's great. It's always great. I love, I love you. I love you. I love you. That was great stuff. And I think more fighters should ask for your uh, opinion on these matters. It was nice to get some insight into this. This, this incredible brain that you have when it comes to fight sports. Uh, congrats on the win. Thank you for doing this as always, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, brother. Have a good day. Right, there he is, DJ. Tremendous stuff and great insight on that fourth fight <clears throat> between uh, Brandon Moreno and Davidson Figueredo. Now, there has been some talk that maybe it's going to get delayed. My good friend Guilherme Cruz, the Brazilian beast, spoke to Davidson Figueredo on his podcast, and... It seems like Figueroa's a little banged up. Seems like uh, the finger is a little messed up. So we'll see what happens there with that. It looked like they were trying to make that for the July 30th pay-per-view in Parts Unknown at the moment. So we'll see. Maybe Kaikar France gets what he wants. Um, that was great. Man, I love talking to DJ. Love talking to him. Uh, pulls no punches, pardon the pun, and really just keeps it real. One of my favorite guys that I've ever met covering this sport. Keeps it real. Now, very excited to talk to our next guest. He's one of the rising stars in the world of boxing. He is just 23 years young. 273 is on Saturday. But, you know, on this show, uh, we like to talk to the big dogs. You know, you have uh, an opportunity to talk to Tyson Fury. You have him on the show. You have an opportunity to talk to Canelo. You have him on the show. Eddie Hearn has been on the show. Some other boxers here and there. We had Terrence Crawford back in the day, etc. 
in my opinion, Ryan Garcia is a part of that elite club that gets to come on this show. It's great to have people like him on the show from the sport of boxing. And he is uh, he is an undefeated superstar, like I said, just 23, 21-0 as uh, a pro boxer. And he hasn't fought since January 2nd, 2021. He returns on Saturday, though, at the Alamo Dome against Emmanuel Tego. And uh, this is a really interesting fight considering the layoff, considering what is potentially at stake with a win here, and also considering what Tego has been saying about Ryan Garcia, about how this is an easy fight for him and about um, how he's not that, you know, impressed. And now, you know, all, you know, the stuff that you often hear in a situation like that, I hope he's impressed. I hope he's not taking Ryan Garcia lightly. Uh, Tego is super impressive because... Uh, he is 32-1 and one and lost his first pro bout and hasn't lost since. So this is a fun fight. And uh, it's going on Saturday night. Saturday morning is Triple G. And then, of course, 273 is going on uh, Saturday evening as well. Later in the program, speaking of 273, in the third hour, we'll talk to two people who are related to 273. Piotr Jan, of course, who's fighting in the co-main event against Aljamain Sterling, that fight we were just talking about with DJ, and uh, Drikus Duplessis, who was supposed to fight on Saturday. The last opponent that he was scheduled to fight again against was uh, Kelvin Gaslam. Unfortunately, we found out, I think it was Friday, that uh, Gaslam was out, and thus Duplessis was removed from the card, unfortunately. So... The new fifth fight on the main card is Alexi Olenek versus Jared Vandera. Also, Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres. Gilbert Burns versus Hamza Chemaev. Aljamain Sterling versus Piotr Jan in that unification bout. And uh, Alex Volkanovsky versus Chan Sung Jung. We didn't mention it earlier, but old friend of the show, Ian Gary, is making his second UFC appearance. Old friend of the show, Aspen Ladd. Also fighting on the card against the veteran uh, Raquel Pennington. Gary going up against Darian Weeks. Had that amazing debut back in November. Looked incredible. Was in studio before and after the fight, you'll remember. So curious to see how much he has improved since then. He's so young. Um, And they're building him up. They're not rushing him too much, building him up the right way. So I like that. Jarzino Rosenstrike against Marcin Tybura also on the card. Uh, That's on the... ESPN Plus slash ESPN prelims. Mickey Gall's returning, looking to go on a roll. Julio Arce as well. And then I mentioned Mark Madsen going up against uh, Vince Pichel. I think that uh, that would be an interesting fight to look at if you're looking for a potential sleeper. Now, of course, he's not, you know, the biggest underdog. What did I say Mark Madsen was? Mark Madsen is a plus 115 at the moment. Although he opened as a minus 150. Interesting, all right? So people seem to like Vince Pichel in this fight. Um, so that's 273. This this month is a crazy month in combat sports. With 273, a bunch of UFC events. April 30th is going to be huge with the Taylor Serrano fight. Um, Shakur Stevenson fighting that night as well. Marlon Vera fighting on that night as well um, against Rob Font. We had Marlon on the show recently. And on April 23rd, we have Tyson Fury against Dillian White. Bellator is doing a bunch of big shows. 
that weekend. They're doing the big show on the 15th with AJ McKee and Patricio Pitbull. So there's a lot going on in April. Not slowing down whatsoever. So, um, all right. Ryan is in the restroom. Perfect. We'll get to him in a moment. Minus 760 for Alexander the Great. And oh, by the way, Juliana Pena is going to join us. I haven't talked to her in a while. And we know that she is going to return in the summertime against Amanda Nunes. Really interesting to see how this whole situation with Hamzat plays out. Uh, The latest I'm hearing is that this idea that Kamar Usman is going to return in the summer isn't a done deal, isn't a lock. And if Kamar Usman can't return until, say, October, November, what do we do with Leon Edwards? Like, I can see it. Let's say this was, uh, you know, a tunnel. I could see it coming a mile away. Hamzat wins. And now all of a sudden it's like, yo, Hamzat Leon, number one contender. Like, you could see this coming a mile away. And, you know, he was supposed to fight in December against Masvidal. Masvidal had to withdraw. They then make the decision to do Leon versus Kamaru after Kamaru beats uh, Colby Covington. Masvidal gets the uh, Colby Covington fight. But at this point, his last fight was in June. You could just kind of see if if Hamza roll if Gilbert rolls, I mean, honestly, if Gilbert rolls too. There might be less of a push because Gilbert has lost to Usman not that long ago. But you beat Hamzat, and if he does it in an impressive fashion, if he subs him or something, people will go nuts. But especially if Hamzat rolls, finishes him, knocks him out, submits him, dare I say, I guarantee you I'll be sitting in this chair in exactly seven days. I will be sitting here, and we will be talking about whether or not they should book Hamzat versus Leon. I will be sitting here reacting to Hamzat saying that he should fight Leon next for the number one contender spot. Guarantee a ticket. I mean, he might even say, let me go out there and fight um, for the belt. He might even go out and say that. But that, I mean, I feel like that's a thing that's about to happen. And it's going to be hard to argue against it if only because he hasn't fought since June. Now, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair because he's not the one that's asking them to wait. It's unfortunately Usman had surgery. And I don't think Usman's ducking him. I don't think he's playing games. I don't think he's trying to, uh, you know, not fight Leon Edwards. But, you know, recovery is recovery. And Usman has way too much to lose at this point. Um, Has no reason to rush. None whatsoever. So... I will also say that if they don't do that fight for July 2nd, you kind of look at the landscape. It seems like Izzy versus Cannoneer would be the the fight to main event, uh, International Fight Week. And then you have other, you know, potential options like Juliana and, uh, and Amanda. July 30th is going to be interesting. If you look at Nathan Diaz's social media, you will notice that he was in Las Vegas last week. So good talks, bad talks. Can they make a deal with him? Are they going to keep him for the Connor fight? Are they going to try to make the Poirier fight? All still very fluid. 
Um, so the summer schedule is very fluid. What isn't fluid is the weekend schedule. Like I said, Triple G, Saturday morning, 273 Saturday night. Also, the return of Ryan Garcia. He is here. Let's not waste any time. Let's say hello to King Ryan, kind enough to join us from San Antonio. There he is. What's up, Ryan? How are you, my man? What's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Great to talk to you. How, how, how are we yeah. feeling? Monday before, you know, the big return, everyone's asking you a million questions, 15 months, the, the, the comeback, right. all that. What, what's the, what's the, the, the mindset like? What's the vibes like? Uh, I think, I don't know. I don't really have no vibes right now. I'm just ready to go in there and do what I always do. Uh, I'm just used to fighting so much. You know, I boxed my whole life, so I'm just ready to do what I always do. Are you are you an anxious athlete? Like, do you get nervous before the fight, or are you one of those who doesn't? Uh, as I got in, like, you know, more experience in the pro ranks, I got less nervous, and I just, I kind of, I'm more excited and anxious to just get in there, not not really scared of what's going to happen or whatnot. I noticed your jacket. It says Fierce King. Is that you? Yes. Are you the Fierce King? I mean, that's the brand that I was, uh, that I'm creating, uh, you know, obviously you see the line. In the oh, back. I like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just ferocious when I go in there. Uh, I go in there and I do my thing and we don't, I don't play around really when I fight. So I'm a fierce King. Uh, we haven't seen you in a while actually fighting, right? Like your last fight was in January of 2022. I noticed something on your social media. Uh, do we have some new art on the chest? Yes, I do have a little bit of, a. Uh, a little oh, bit yeah. more ink Man. than I have, you know. What what does all this just, represent? Tell us what's the 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 symbolism behind it. Honestly, it's just uh, kind of things that I felt inside, and uh, I brought it out on myself. You know, I, obviously, I love lions, and I'm I'm ferocious, and I hold my ground a lot, and uh, that's me, and all the other stuff. You know, obviously, I believe in God, and that's what I like to put on my body. And uh, from there, I just kept on getting tats, and I kind of got addicted for a little bit. Kind of wish I didn't get all my tats, but uh, can't really take them back. What? You regret <laughs> them already? No, not that I regret them. I just wish I didn't get so many. Oh, how many did you get? I got about like 12 now. Damn. All in the past year? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So prior to that, you didn't have a single one? Uh, no. I, the first one I got was right before I fought Luke Campbell. Okay. And and do you think yeah. that this kind of um, is maybe an indication of your maturation? Like, what 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 would a, a hardcore Ryan Garcia fan make of all of this? How should they internalize that? All of a sudden, now you got all these tattoos and you know the, these 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 messages that you're putting on your body. I mean, I wouldn't materialize anything of it. I think if you look too deep into it, too deep in it, then you're just doing too much. I really, it's just um, what I felt like at the moment. I wanted to put you know tats on my body and. Now I don't. <laughs> okay, you're done. So I don't. Really think, yeah, I don't really think too much of it. I just kind of keep on going with my life. Um, when you took your break, was there any chance that you weren't going to come back? No, 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 no chance. There was never a point where you were like, "Man, I just want a, a break from this, like for a considerable amount of time, and maybe I won't come back if I don't feel that love again." No, because it wasn't about boxing at all. It had nothing to do with boxing. You know, I I love boxing. It's all I've done my whole life, and. It, it was everything outside of, uh, of fighting that was uh, probably the sole reason of why I was probably feeling the way I, I felt. And now that I've matured and I've realized a lot of things, I feel so much better, really. Uh, it's about being great in all terms of uh, of your life, not only in the ring and how you train, but great in, uh, in th how you handle yourself outside. 
How much have you changed since last year in terms of the people around you, you know, to, to put you in a better spot, to, to feel happier about everything around you? How much have I changed? Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's really the, the things that you surround yourself with and the environment. You kind of, uh, if you want to be great inside the ring, you have to be great uh, outside the ring. So I removed a lot of stuff in my life that, you know, maybe wasn't affecting my boxing career, but it was affecting me uh, mentally and spiritually. So I definitely got rid of a few things. Um, these days, you'll, you'll hear more and more athletes talk about mental health, but it's typically older, a little bit older athletes, not someone as young as you. Was that difficult for you to, to be so outspoken about something that was so personal? It wasn't, it's not really difficult for me because of my personality. I'm very open and I'm very, you know, transparent with a lot of things, but I think it was hard to hear the, the backlash that I received and all the negative things that were said about me and the character I am as a fighter. So that was a little hard, but other than that, uh, you know, it's good because of all the things that uh, came out of it and all the people that have came up to me and said I've, I've helped them through, through their own troubles by speaking up. So there's a lot of benefits to to what happened. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the decision I made to publicly come out and say that uh, I was struggling. Um, for you, I feel like social media might be a gift and a curse because it, it made you very popular and people love to see your stuff, but also it can become you know, intoxicating, right? It could become too much with the comments and everything. Did you feel like you needed to take a break from that as well? At times, uh, you definitely have to stay away from it if it's really affecting you. There's some days that it doesn't affect me at all and I could read anything and laugh at it. Uh, like right now, when I get closer to a fight, I laugh at everything because I know how skillful I am and how sharp I am. But then there's some days that, you know, you you it starts getting to you, you know, you start feeling... You know, oh, man, why are they saying all these things? And there's nothing you could do about it. You know, nothing you could say can change these people's minds. Uh, so you kind of, uh, it, it's a day-to-day -day thing. So, like some days I feel great and nothing could affect me. And some days uh, I have to stay away from it because it gets irritating. Uh, we had Canelo on the show a few weeks ago. I asked him about you and he like totally brushed me off. Didn't want to talk about you. Can, can you sure. describe what happened between you guys? Cause it seemed like you were such close buds. It felt like you were kind of the protege. He was taking you along and you're smiling. You're taking pictures. He's in the locker room. What the heck happened? Uh, it was just time to move on. There was a, uh, that nothing was left to do in that camp. So it's, you know, time to move forward. And I'm now going to do my own thing and do great things myself. So, uh, it was just a relationship that came to an end, and uh, that's it. Do you regret that it came to an end? Do you wish it didn't come to an end? No, everything in life uh, plays out how it's going to play out, and I feel great. Now, if I didn't feel great, I would say that, but I feel amazing. Mm -hmm. And how would you describe the state of your relationship now? Like, do you, Is it non-existent? Are you, no communication whatsoever? No, I haven't really talked to him at all. Okay. When's the last time you spoke to him? Um, probably, I don't know, probably after his plant fight. Okay. Maybe. Um, sometime. When they announced his fight, he was sort of, I guess, questioning your, your, your heart, your desire, right? Your, okay. your work ethic. Did that bother mm -hmm. you? No. Uh, I know that, 
I'm insane. I'm a maniac from, you know, how I work and how I've always worked, you know, throughout my whole career. So none of that affected me. It was just kind of uh, shocking because uh, he knows what I was going through. So there was the reasoning why I wasn't at the gym. And, uh, you know, that's why I decided to take a break, to take a break from everything and make sure I get myself right. Uh, had nothing to do with my work ethic. And you're going to see that April 9th mm. on how hard I actually work. I mean, you see the, you see my body, you know, you don't, or you see how I, I fight. You don't get like that by uh, not working hard. That's for sure. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, it's kind of a cliche, best shape of my life and all that stuff. You do seem to be in insane shape. Do you feel like this is the best shape you've been in? Yeah. Within myself, I do. I feel so in shape. I feel super sharp. My timing is uh, just crazy. And, uh, I mean, when I set, when I'm in the ring, I, I everything flows and I, I'm becoming more mature how I fight. Uh, just the understanding of the game comes even easier now. So I feel like this is the best I've ever been. And I think every fight, it should always probably feel that way. And, uh, this is no different. You know, my Campbell fight, I felt like it was the best I've ever felt. And now, now I'm here and this is the best I feel like mm-hmm. I've ever felt and looked in sparring and everything so sharp. So I feel like every fight I'm going to have that uh, reaction. Uh, considering he knew what was going on in your life and then said what he said, did you feel somewhat betrayed? I was, I was more, uh, confused and shocked because I know he's not, like he's not oblivious and and he understands a lot of things so i didn't quite understand why he would say that but i don't really care anymore mm. why did you choose goosen as your as your new head trainer why him goosen is uh it, me and him worked together before when i was 17 and when i remembered that i was like you know what we had a great relationship and you know he has an old soul to himself and He's like an old school trainer, and I like that feel to the gym. I like old music. I like uh, I like to watch Sugar Ray Robinson. So everything just felt good about that decision. And once we started working together again, it felt like it just felt like we're exactly where I needed to be. And uh, we worked together so good. Our communication in the ring and outside the ring is amazing. Our chemistry, and you're gonna see that all come together. I feel like. I feel like this is going to be a long relationship and there's going to be a, a lot of great moments. Was that overwhelming to decide like, okay, there's a ton of great coaches, right? A ton of great people that you could go to, a ton of right. great gyms. How do I pick the right one, the next guy to take me to that next level? Oh, it's all within you. If you know how to feel it, you know how to, uh, I don't know, there's a, there's, a, there's a thing inside you, it's an intuition that... Uh, you, you know, I just have very good intuition when it comes to that. And there's just a good feel here. There's going to be amazing, great things happen. I promise you that. Uh, I heard that uh, he's reached a point in his life where, you know, if you want to work with him, you got to go to him. But for you, he made an exception. He went to you. Um, is that accurate, A? And B, what did that mean to you for him to kind of break his own personal rule and make the trek? I think he like lives two and a half, three hours away from you to go to your turf to be with you because he wanted to work with you. It means a lot to me, and uh, for me, that just gives me uh, more uh, initiative in my own mind and more motivation to uh, give it everything I got, you know, no matter how talented I am, no matter how you know, skillful I feel I am, 
to always give it that extra push because I have people that really believe in me like that, especially uh, somebody like Joe who's had a lot of champions in in his uh, in his time for him to make that uh, that switch and that you know and to sacrifice uh, you know being away from his wife and kids away from LA to me that just gives me even more more fire more more fuel to keep going and keep pushing and you know should just go crazy your last flight was incredible it feels like it was 10 years ago it was amazing I know, uh, right? you you uh you know you had some adversity and sometimes you'll hear from a fighter who says like hey you know adversity makes me better i you know i let it fly i was rocked i now know what it feels like what did you learn from that from 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 Campbell, really, I think bringing the fight to you, like maybe no one at that point in your pro career had brought to you just yet. What did you learn from that? Well, I I learned two things. One, I learned that uh, how I would react if I ever got dropped because I've never got dropped in a real fight in my life. Uh, and I I kind of I imagined that's how it would be. I would come at the person like, all right, now we're really fighting. Uh, and then second, that. I didn't even need to start off that fast off of Campbell. I could have probably just broken him down at a slower pace, even from the get-go. Because if you watch the fight, I started off super quick, put him on the back foot right away. Uh, but there, that was the two things. Patience, because I, I'm i a natural-born boxer puncher. I didn't need to press the fight so quickly on the get-go. And then second, uh how to react and that's how I imagine so I feel good that I know that if somebody brings that out of me just start running because I'm going to come at you um I saw a bunch of media scrums with Tego and he's not very complimentary this is an easy yeah. fight I'm not worried all that stuff do you believe yeah. him when he says this I I don't know what to believe I mean <laughs> I, I've watched him fight and you know normally I would want to talk shit back but I don't I don't need to. Whatever's going to happen to him, I already know. <laughs> no, no words is going to change the fact of uh, how how I'll handle him in that ring April 9th. So I'm going to let him get everything off his chest, let him have his moment, let him enjoy himself. Uh, but in the ring, just know that he could be called the game boy, but it's about to be game over because I'm not here to play games. I'm running right through him. And the more he laughs, the more I'm going to be punching. I promise that. Has he pissed you off with any of his comments? Uh. I'm competitive, so once you start, once you get under my skin a little bit, it gets worse. So, don't be surprised in that ring if I really punish him. Do you do you think that he's actually looking past you, like he doesn't really think this is a tough test, or do you think he's saying that to convince himself? I don't, I don't know, but I, but it's just made it worse for him. I feel like, and uh, oh man, I, now now you you making me want to get in the ring right I'm now. So, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because I, I see all, I see all the you know you lucky you're not near me right now. Probably would have give you a little shot to the shoulders. Damn, see where I'm really geez. at. All right, all right. I don't want that. I want nothing <laughs> to do with that. You know I got love. You know I got love. Oh, I I know you got love, and you better love me a lot more after this fight. I promise you. I might give you a shout out in the post fight conference. For know? real? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know you always show me love. I gotta show you a little love after a victory. I appreciate that, man. That would mean a lot. Uh, I appreciate that. Just yeah. a couple questions, and I'll let you go. One thirty five is fascinating right now. There's a ton of big fights. Haney's going to fight Cambosas. Tank is going to fight in May. Do you think a win over Tego gets you, you know, one of these big names next? I don't know. And at this point, I I mean, I'd rather not even say anything because uh, I've, I've tried to say things in the past and obviously nothing works out. So I'm not going to say anything, not going to, 
you know, claim to want to fight anybody because I know internally who I want to fight and who all the people that I want to fight. So I'm going to let it play out how it plays out. And uh, you'll see me that day, Ariel, whoever oh. I fight, whether it be, you know, a big name, whether it be anybody, Ariel, I want you to be there because I want you to see me blow somebody out of the water. I would love to be there. That would be an honor. Yeah. But do you have I'll a name? My next, why don't you want to come to ever, any of my fights? Um, why aren't you there in person? That's a good question. Like no, they, they, no one invited me. No one, no one said they yeah, want. This is the first time. This is the first time I hear. I wasn't sure how you felt. You know, like you didn't follow mm-hmm. me back. You know, I was like, wow. Hey, man. Hey, man. Relax. Relax. Yeah, I mean, Relax. Hey, you're pushing me. I said you can come to fight. I didn't talk about no follow back. Okay, my bad. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding. But 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 you have a name. Say what? Do you have a For name? Who? Like who? Like who would be next? Do you have a name? Nah. No, nah, I don't. No. All right. I don't. Uh, is I Francis mean, gonna be yeah. there? Your boy Francis? Yeah, I thought you said boyfriend Francis. No, Whoa, but, no, uh, no, your boy Francis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, I hope so. I mean, he's part of Gymshark. Uh, I want everyone there. So this is yeah. big. Alamo Dome. Oh. How many people are they expecting? I don't know, like ten thousand plus. Damn. And uh, Oscar will be there. You guys still cool? Yeah, yeah, we're cool. You'll always be cool yeah. with Oscar. Always. always All right. You and Dazone treating you well? Cause you know, I'll put in some calls. These guys ain't treating hey, you well. I'll go in there and I'll, you know, yeah. put out Boom. those bows, you know? So, so you feeling the love, uh, man. Cause this is big. This is big. 14 months, 12. What is it? Uh, no, 13, 14 months since your last fight. Yeah. January. Yeah. You know, this is big. So I want you to feel the love. I want you to feel comfortable. Go out there. I saw Tego saying those things about you. I didn't like, I took it personally. You did, right? Yes. Yeah, I know. He's talking about uh, he's the Ghana pepper, you know. <laughs> what? Come he's trying to God. scare me right now. Yeah. So what's the I'm official shaking. prediction? Oh, man. Something nasty is going to happen. Just just don't don't take your eyes off the screen because you're not going to be there. But don't take your eyes yeah. off the screen. Oh, yeah. There, I'll be watching. Please. Yeah. Uh, last yeah. thing for you, because we haven't talked in a minute. Where do you fall on the Jake Paul thing? Into him, not into him, fan, not fan. Uh, I love, I love Jake. You know, okay. Jake's my guy. All so, right. uh, you know, I got nothing bad to say. I hope that he keeps doing good and making all the right decisions. I mean, obviously, he's beating everybody that he's fighting. So you got to give him credit. He only has four fights or five fights. I don't know exactly how many fights he has now, but you got to think about it. Most boxers are fighting guys that don't know how to fight at all, anyways. Mm-hmm. So you can't really claim that uh, he's doing something wrong. If you're really looking at it in a truthful aspect and being honest, I agree. Anytime you fight, it's must see TV, my friend. There's a there's a massive UFC pay per view on Saturday. I'm 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 going two screens. All right, I'm watching well, you as well. well my, hey, I try to get mine done early for you to watch your uh, yeah. MMA and peace. I appreciate that, Ryan. Good luck to you, my man. Great <laughs> to see you smiling, feeling good. I wish you nothing but the best. Thanks for doing this. Oh. All right, man. All right, there he is. King Ryan, my guy, Ryan Garcia. What a big fight it is for him on Saturday. Big return for him. He hasn't fought in quite some time. uh, January, to be exact. And you see that? We're boys. You know, the youth. They like me. What can I say? had a little squash there did you do that on purpose what the squash yeah you like went right into the mic well where where do you want me to go nice to hear from you frank take it outside (laughs) where do you want me to take it it's all good man here one second quick 
quick word from our sponsor. There he is, Mysterious Frank. It's good soup. You ever see uh, Billy Madison? Oh, yeah. It's good soup. Um, I think Ryan Garcia and I are boys. Like, I don't know what you guys thought of that, but, like, I feel like we're boys. I don't know. He wants me to, look, sees me at WrestleMania, realizes, hey, when there's a big event, you know, Helwani's there. It's not a big event unless Helwani is there. Helwani, Helwani, whatever you want to say, they're starting to recognize, and I appreciated that. Maybe, you know what? I've never been to San Antonio. Have you been to San Antonio, Frank? Yeah, you should check it out. I hear they have a river walk there. Yeah, it's nice. Is it nice? I mean, you know, it's it's nice. Good old restaurant. I was just in Dallas. I should have popped over. It's close, right? It is kind of close. Is it not? I mean, I know Texas is big, but... It's going to be, you know, four or five hours in the car, but... Did I tell you my number one place in America that I haven't been to yet that I want to go to? No, you haven't mentioned that. Austin. No, you should definitely go to Austin. Austin's great. I mean... Did you run into Paul, by the way? Paul who? Heyman? Yes. Yeah, because you guys talked about maybe seeing each other at oh. WrestleMania. You know what? Great story for you, Frank. Thanks for asking. I, I like how you just refer to him as Paul. First yeah, name basis. Yeah, we're on first name basis. As I, this is a great story. I forgot to mention this. As I was leaving the event on Saturday, you know, I'm walking out, and there's a ton of people, obviously 77,000 people, and a kid comes up to me, you know, late teens early 20s type of thing uh asked me for a picture so of course i say yes sure let's take a picture take the picture and then we're about to part ways and he says to me i'm paul Heyman's son and i was like what no way uh he's like yeah i said nah i don't believe you because anyone could say that right pulls out his id and it's paul Heyman's son and i was like wow this is amazing and then i said to him uh i'd like to take a picture with you because I've heard Paul Heyman talk about his kids. Like you will never hear a parent speak so glowingly of their child um, or children like Paul Heyman does about his kids. And so I took a picture and I said to him, uh, I was at your sister's bat mitzvah. You know what a bat mitzvah is, Frank? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he said, I was there too. And I was like, yeah, I know. You, you were her younger brother. Uh, and then I told him that I was invited to his bar mitzvah, but I couldn't make it. We had, uh, you know, that's how Paul and I roll. You know, we, we attend, you know, family functions for each other. That's exciting. Um, I may have spilt a little thing or two here on the uh, uh, table. We might have to clean that, clean up on aisle one. Anyway, uh, then we took the picture. I sent it to Paul, and uh, he said it was the highlight of his weekend, even... Um, even more so than Roman Reigns' victory on Sunday night. So how about that, me and Paul Heyman? So actually, excuse me, technically I did not see Paul, but I met his son, which, dare I say, is even better. That's cool. Did you watch WrestleMania? You know, I did. I worked all weekend. So What were you doing? I uh, run audio at a little live venue in Gowanus. A, a what? A live venue, like a like a concert hall, yeah, slash club. What What do you do there? Yeah, you know, we're getting really personal here. How's the chair? What? By the way, is that weird? <laughs> Thank you. Is that a personal thing? You You're the one that offered up that information. Yeah, and then I stopped myself. <laughs> Are you not allowed to talk? I'm actually curious. It's like it's all good. All right, but the well. chair is fine, right? We're really concerned. We've been you looking know, for the telltale signs. Yeah. No, I'm feeling good. I mean, um, I'm sort of debating if uh, you know. This is the move. 
I like it. Can't really tell, by the way, that it's a gamer chair. But it's I don't think anyone should have told you it was a gamer yeah. chair. It's, <laughs> it's kind of stuck, stuck in, in it's stuck in my mind because I'm not a gamer and I don't want to be a poser. The last thing I want to be is a poser. But uh, I like the high back. The other one was kind of pushing me forward. It wasn't very comfortable. It helped you stay on the mic. Uh, is this one not? No, you're actually doing a really good job. Today. Wow. Yeah. So what you're saying is you actually don't like this one. You haven't hit the mic at all today. Whoa. Don't, don't jinx this and start Whoa. hitting it. Whoa. Interesting. All right. Uh, no, I like it. Shout out to Joe. He built it. Did you know that? Yeah, with his own hands. Pretty incredible. With his hands off his back. No one's ever done that sort of thing for me. He was sweating during lunch break. Yeah. Because of it? Oh, he yeah. Sa- he said it took five minutes. Yeah. Well, five minutes for him is like 30 minutes for us. So. Right. But he was still sweating, huh? Uh, by the way, did see my good friend Gable Steveson at the airport this morning. Um, had a, a nice little chat with him. We, of course, um, pretty much started this feud, if it is a feud, that uh, began last night, but we put it into existence a couple of weeks ago when he was on the show because there's a guy named Chad Gable. Um, that's not his real name. What is Chad Gable's real name? Charles Edwards Betts. That's his real name. He's from Minnesota, 36 years young. So anyway, they call him Gable because, you know, Dan Gable. So it's, he's a former, uh, what is he? Former, I think American, was he in amateur wrestling? Graduation, Greco, oh yeah. He progressed to the 2012 Summer Olympics where he competed in the Greco-Roman style 84 kilogram event. He defeated this person from the Federated States of Micronesia. What? What is that? Do you know what that is, Frank? You know, I don't know what that means. The Federated States of Micronesia, the... Oceanic Island Nation of the Federated States of Micronesia competed at the 2012 Summer Olympics in London, held from uh, July 27th to August 12th. What? What is the Federated States of Micronesia? What does it consist of? Which uh, Federated States of Micronesia succeeded by one? What the heck? I've never even heard of such a thing. The Oceanic Island Nation. Wow. Anyway, he beat him. Is it like a thing like Great Britain where it's a, you know, like it's a, it's a group of different islands? I don't know. Um, so anyway, they did this thing yesterday, Gable. Gable, remember on the show, we talked about Gable um, trying to get that name back because this guy, uh, Chad Gable, is using his name. I got to do a show on uh, Saturday called The Bump, and I went in there. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I was full Hilwani. I mean, I was hardcore Hirawani, and I don't know if they got it. I think they thought I was being serious. I was shooting on everyone. I was just, I mean, I went in there, and I caused ruckus, then I left, and I think by the end they were like, yeah, we didn't like this guy. I thought we were there to play characters, have fun. No one gave him the memo. Anyway, massive fight this Saturday, Piotr Jan, Aljamain Sterling. The unification bout, Aljamain wasn't very happy with me last week on the program. Let's see if Piotr is a little more happier with me. He joins us now from Jacksonville. Hey, my friend, Piotr Jan, how are you? Spasiba. Everything good. Everything good, Piotr. How are you? 
I'm good. I'm good. Last week I had uh, Aljamain on the show. He wasn't happy with me. He says okay. he says that when I talk to people, I uh, am disrespectful that I don't give him credit enough. But you're cool with me, right? Он говорит, на прошлой неделе Алджимейн был у него на шоу, и он был недоволен Ариэлем, что он типа проявляет неуважение к Алджимейну. А, ну, у тебя все в порядке с Ариэлем? Ариэль, ну, я думаю, что ты все правильно делаешь. Ты же знаешь, как нужно жить правильно. Ариэль, I think you're doing everything right. You know how to live right, so I support you. Oh, thank you, Peter. Thank you. I appreciate that. And great to hear from Sarad as well. Uh, best in the business over there. Thank you, guys. So you're in Jacksonville. I saw when you tweeted, uh, Piotr, that, uh, oh, you know, I made it to America. His, 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 his dreams, his prayers weren't answered. Did you think that he didn't want you to show up? Were you, were you feeling like he was hoping that this fight would fall through? Is that truly what you thought, or were you just messing with him? Действительно ли ты думал, что когда твитил, что ты вот приехал в Америку, его молитвы не были услышаны, что он не хотел, чтобы этот бой состоялся, он надеялся, что ты слетишь с этого боя. Ну, конечно, вы же видели все, как он апеллировал там приезд, там Россия, Украина, вся вот эта ситуация, как бы, знаешь, вставлял вот эти флаги, там фотография где-то стоит с лицом улыбающимся, вставляя такие флаги, зная, какая ситуация происходит. Поэтому, конечно, он знает, что если я приехал, то ему будет конец. Of course, you know, just looking at his statements before, you know, trying to make it political, you know, using the flags, smiling, smiling, standing with the Ukrainian flags, you know, he tried to make it political and uh, yeah, I, I thought he didn't want me to be over here in the United States, but right, and now that I'm here, he knows that's over for him. Um, he, you know, he told me that he's tired of thinking about you, tired of... Uh, you know, it's been almost two years now, this journey with you guys. Do you feel the same way? Are you looking forward to Saturday not only to fight him, but to also just be done talking about this guy, thinking about this guy? You can move on with your life. Стерлин говорил, что он уже устал о себе думать, потому что уже много лет получается ваш бой, реванш и так далее. У тебя такие же мысли, ты не можешь дождаться, чтобы бой закончится, чтобы уже забыть про него и никогда не вспоминать. Ну, ты представляешь, он устал уже думать обо мне, а я о нем вообще не думал. Я подрался, он слетел, я подрался с топовым бойцом, побил его, и для меня просто он очередная цель, которую я также побью следующего. И о нем все забудут, как просто о клоуне. Just imagine, he tired of thinking about me, and I didn't think about him at all, you know. He had this long layoff, I had a different opponent, uh, I fought. Now he's my next target that I'm going to beat up. And uh, after the fight, Saturday night, everyone going to forget about him. Just another clone, clowns are going to be forgotten. When, when you prepare for this fight, do you watch the first fight from last March at all? Like, is that, is that something you've watched a lot of? Я делал это немного, я пересматривал пару раз этот поединок. Да. Yeah, I watched it a couple times. Do you feel like you're going to see a much different version of him on Saturday? Ожидаешь ли ты другую версию его в эту субботу? 
Я ожидаю другую версию себя в эту субботу. No, I expect a different version of myself this Saturday. Oh, wow. In, in, in what way? Каком плане? Во всех. In every different way imaginable. <laughs> okay. Uh, you, you think you've improved a lot since you last fought? <laughs> Ты считаешь, что ты стал лучше, как бы это вспомнил ваши предыдущие встречи? 1000%. You know, I've said this, and I, I'm not just saying it because you're here. I've said that I think very soon we're going to have to have a conversation about whether or not you're one of the number one best pound-for-pound fighters on the planet. I think you are approaching that. That's how good you are. Do you feel like you are there already? Он уже не раз говорил, не только потому, что ты сейчас здесь с ним, что ты уже приближаешься к тому статусу, чтобы быть в обсуждении, что ты номер один по Считаешь ли ты, что ты к этому идешь? Я иду к этому, я выступаю, я делаю красивые зрелищные поединки. Все, что остается делать, мне, мне нужно побеждать, а вам уже решать, кто там, в каких рейтингах, на каком месте находится. You know what I do? I, that I compete, I put on exciting fights, and I do what I, what I have to do to be in that position. But uh, you guys are the one who will decide either I deserve to be the pound for pound number one or no. But when you look at the other great fighters out there, the other champions, I'm assuming you think that you're just as good, if not better, than all of them in your respective weight class, right? Ну, глядя вот на других чемпионов, которые там выше тебя стоят, я, как ты считаешь, что ты наверняка считаешь, что ты ничем не хуже, чем они в своем, в своей, в своей категории? Да, безусловно, я считаю, что я заслуживаю быть на вершине. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I believe I deserve to be on the top. Uh, you know, so like I said, uh, we had uh, Aljamain on the show on Wednesday. He had some interesting things to say about the fight. I was wondering, can I play you a clip and get your response to something that he said? Okay, let's do it. Okay, uh, Sayat, you might have to uh, earn your money on this one. Uh, here's uh, <laughs> Aljamain on Wednesday's show. And it's nice to see that Petey Jan's actually putting on some size himself, too. He's actually pretty shredded. I think this is the most shredded he's ever been himself. I think he, just because he knows he needs to lift a little bit more to compete with me in that department. And that's on an off day. You know, so like I said, man, I'm going to be a fucking hammer in there. And it's going to be a big difference when this guy can't get me off of him on the cage or when he's down on his back. Because this time I'm not going to throw a stupid hammer fist because I got brain fog. I'm going to take him down. I'm going to control the wrist pass the guard, throw the hooks in, smash this guy, and then choke him the fuck out. Just like that. говорит, что, типа, я вижу, что Петр тоже начал работать над своей физикой, набрал массу. Это потому что, типа, он считает, что потому что ты почувствовал его мощь, его силу, и это тот день, когда он тебя плохо чувствовал. В этот раз, он говорит, ты почувствуешь его мощь, он переведет тебя не будет бросать тупые хаммерфисты, как он сказал. Пройдет гард, займет доминирующую позицию, заправит хуки и задушит тебя нахуй. Какой твой ответ? Ну, если так, что у него не получится это сделать, тем более там задушить, перевести, это останется также в его мечтах. Я думаю, что в следующий раз, когда он, если придет к тебе на передачу, он будет говорить то же самое, потому что этому клоуну только и остается дело, что говорить. 
I think he wouldn't be able to do it. He wouldn't be able to take me down and choke me out, you know. I think the stuff he said just going to stay in his head. It's going to stay his dream. And, you know, he's a clown. Everything he has to do is just talk. And after the fight, if if he comes to your show, you, you're going to see that too. He, he, all he's going to left for him is just to talk. That's it. Ты помнишь эти моменты, когда рефери вышел в октагон и Стерлинг уже лежал на конвасе? Ты вспомни эти глаза, эти в разные стороны. Такое ощущение было, что он беременный. Remember the moment, you know, when the referee and the doctor entered the cage, you know, his eyes was all over the place, you know, it seems like he, he got pregnant or something. <laughs> мне, кажется, мне кажется, если... Захотеть, он может и забеременеть. I feel like if he really wants to, he can really get pregnant. For what? Real. That's a crazy statement. What are you talking about? <laughs> Is that, what do you That's mean pregnant? What are you talking about? <laughs> he can do everything, you know, in his head. Uh, do you watch his, like he had this new video with the, the MMA rules. Like, do you watch his videos that he puts out? Видели ты его видео, где он там, ну, обыгрывается по скетч с правилами моей книжки? Он сейчас продает трансляцию, он хочет заработать последние свои деньги в жизни. He's, he's just selling the, trying to sell the pay-per-views, he's trying to earn the last big money of his life. Если вы сейчас посоветуете ему одеть юбку, он юбку оденет. If you advise him to wear a skirt now, he's going to wear a skirt now, he's going to sell pay-per-views. Uh, he, he has said that a lot of uh, your fans, I think they write cl clown emojis on his Instagram, they write all kinds of things. Do you feel bad about this? Like, do you wish that people would be nicer to him, that they would leave him alone. I mean, he is a great fighter, right? He beat Corey Sanhagen. He's one of the best fighters on the planet. Does it make you feel bad that he has been sort of uh, maybe bullied by some of your fans on social media? Твои фанаты у него в соцсетях постоянно оставляют эмоджи клоуна и так далее. Считаешь ли тебе немного ли неудобно или неловко то, что он в такой позиции оказался? Потому что он все равно хороший боец, который там задушил Кори Сенхегена в первом раунде. Неудобно ли те, что там твои фанаты атакуют? Нет, мои фанаты делают, как считают нужным. Вот. А то, что к нему относится неуважительно, но я думаю, что он заслужил это своим поведением. Yeah, my fans, they do what they think it's right, you know, and uh, why they do it, I think he, he deserves to be treated that way. Why is that? Я Ты вспомни просто все вот эти нарезки последних после моего удара, как он разжирал Саттердэй? Была немного драмы с твоими угловыми, смогут ли твои угловые приехать? Ну, конечно, все стабилизировалось. Здесь есть пару ребят, которые захотели помогать. Это мы же говорили, Сихуда был готов. Шона Мэли. Я надеюсь, что они будут в субботу рядом в углу. Поэтому. Yeah, now situation now stabilized. You know, there were a couple guys who were willing to help me. So I hope, so I hope Сихуда и Шона Мэли they're gonna show up Saturday night. Просто скажи, главное, чтобы они молчали, просто один подавал воду, другой подавал лед, чтобы они не давали своих тупых советов. Just need to make sure they don't give me their shitty advices, just give me ice and water and I'll be fine. 
<laughs> I saw the yes they they uh they offered to help you couple conditions attached um but 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 who will be cornering you on Saturday yeah you'll find out on Saturday night I told you everything okay all right has it been stressful <laughs> no stress at all. Like I told you, there's going to be one short quarter man and one long one. Oh, gosh. Could you imagine? I mean, what a scene that would be. Henry Cejudo. Henry's actually a pretty good coach, right? I mean, he's he's done some good things <laughs> with uh, Figueredo and other fighters. Would you really be interested in... Yeah, that's why he'll be in the corner. Oh, okay. I feel like Peter's uh, making fun of us right now, but that's okay. I think that uh, this you're keeping us on our toes. We'll just have to wait and see on Saturday. Is there a chance? I told you serious. They will in my my corner, yes. Okay. O'Malley and Cejudo in your corner on Saturday, live on pay-per-view. That's waiting. That's waiting. We will see on Saturday. Maybe Danny Rubenstein too. Bring them all out. No, Danny. Danny, it's my big boss. Yes, he can. Uh, <laughs> he will sit first row. First row with lady will control situation. <laughs> yes, yes, I understand. I understand. He likes to do that. Um, so, f- do you feel like you need to finish him quicker? This, like, you want to put an exclamation point on this one? First round, second round. So you're done. No controversy. It's going to be, you know, a clean victory and you can move on with your life. Is that something that you think about? Does that motivate you? И я сделаю так, что вопросов ни у кого не осталось. Вы увидите опять плачущую, сидящую голову. Yeah, I'll make sure. I want to make sure there won't be no questions left after that, and I will make sure there will there will be no questions left, and you're gonna see this crying head on your TV again. Oh my. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, everyone in in this weight class, I think, because it's so. Uh, deep, people are wondering, is TJ fighting the winner, TJ Dillashaw? Is it uh, Dominic, Aldo? What do you, what if, if, if all goes well on Saturday, what would be your preference? Who would be waiting for you next? So we'll have to put it in line and then count. Let's see who's going to be lucky to be the next one. You don't have a preference? A, a choice? Нет, a top предпочтения... choice? I have preference. 
but you know they, they gotta earn it. So I, I will have the belt and we'll see who of them will want to face me the most, you know. Do you think it would make sense if TJ gets a title shot after only one win since coming back? Также я хотел бы услышать мнение болельщиков, реальных болельщиков, фанатов, которые хотели бы увидеть бой с кем именно. Also, I want to hear the real fans' opinion, which fights they want to see. Mm. I'm going to ask them right now. Tell us in the chat. We have a chat room here. They're very good people. They're very kind. Uh, tell us who do you want to see, uh, Pyotr, and I'll let you know what they say. But I feel like they're going to say uh, probably TJ, no? Do you think it would make sense? Would it be fair if TJ gets a title shot after just one win? I don't care. I would be nice to beat him up too, you know, just to make sure he's not eating his, you know, banned pills. Oh, yeah. Wow. I feel like uh, Pyotr is feisty today on this Monday. I feel like he's got some fire. This is a good sign. <laughs> Fire is always inside me. You just have to, you know, let it burn. Yes. And uh, is your son going to be at this fight? I love your son. He's so cool. My son won't be on the fight because he is at home but this на протяжении всего года он смотрит этот ролик со Стерлингом, и он нереально хочет, чтобы я его избил, поэтому мы забьем его. My son won't be at this fight because he's at home, but you know, for all this year, he's like the my biggest fan. He was waiting for this fight like the most, most, most than anyone, and he can't wait for me to beat Sterling up, so he's gonna be waiting and watching me do that I love it I wish you the best Pyotr good luck to you on Saturday Spasiba. how do you say good luck in Russian Udach I feel like you don't Udachi. need you don't need Syed anymore I feel I mean he's great I, how he translated that Sterling answer is like one of the all time great things we've ever seen on this show but I feel like you understand everything <laughs> that I'm saying at this point <laughs> No, if, uh... <laughs> okay, all right, fair. <laughs> no, 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 we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. If you will talk with with chicken, with clone Sterling, I kill him. Yes. It will better how it was last time. Last time he cried. After this fight, he don't will cry. He will sleep. Oh my! That's all you have to say. Buda, Shonameli, see you in Saturday, brother. Thank you, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Good luck to you. All right. So another uh, layer of intrigue going into this fight. Uh, Henry Cejudo and Sean O'Malley gonna be. Could you imagine that scene if they roll up there? Cejudo, Sean O'Malley. Rolling up, 
to corner Piorian. Keeping us on our toes there with the whole corner situation. Yeah, this came out and everyone was jumping in and saying, uh, I'll step in. What's going to happen here? Like I said on Saturday. Oh, no, I said this last week. Jan is so good. At this point, you got your guys, you know, preparing you for the fight. Even if he didn't have his corner, I don't think that would be a factor in this fight. And like we said earlier, he's a pretty big favorite going into it. Not as big as Alexander Volkanovsky, but a minus 475. Let's see what he opened at. Minus 350. Minus 475. A lot of people picking Piotr, so we'll see how it all plays out. Now, one fight that we were looking forward to on this main card was, uh, well, first, Nasruddin Imavov was going to fight Kelvin Gaslam, and then we found out it was going to be Kelvin Gaslam versus Drikis Duplessis, and he had, Drikis did uh, multiple opponents on this fight card. Three fell through, and now all of a sudden, uh, he ain't fighting. And it was like every day, he's fighting uh, Chris Curtis, then he's fighting this guy, then he's fighting that guy. And then it was like, wow, what a big opportunity. Kelvin Gaslam. Unfortunately, it's all for naught. And I think he's actually in Florida right now. And so uh, maybe not Jacksonville. Well, let's just ask him. Here he is, the pride of South Africa, making his first appearance on the program. Drink is two places. Wow. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, man. What's up? Kidding you. Uh, where are you right now? I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, yeah. I want to ask you about that. First of all, thanks for showing up without a shirt. So now I feel extremely, you know, self... I mean, you look fantastic. If I didn't, you know, if I had the body that you have, I would be walking... I would never wear a shirt, if I'm being honest. So well done. Not a lot of people I'm, do that. I'm giving my best, but they... Like, there's a few restaurants where they, they don't let me in. So yeah. I have to wear the shirt. No, no, <laughs> listen. I respect it. I respect what you're doing. Um, I was saying earlier, and so I want to get your take. I speak French, and your last name sounds French to me. I would say, uh, upon yeah. first glance, I would say Drikis Duplessis is how I would pronounce it. How do you pronounce Duplessis it? Duplessis is the correct pronunciation. Drikis Duplessis, yeah. So why, why do they call you Duplessis? What is this Duplessis nonsense? Listen, I've been called a lot of stuff since joining the UFC. I've been called a lot of different names. Yes. <laughs> People are kind of struggling to get the, to get the name Drikis Duplessis, but... Uh, like I said in the last fight, it'll become a household name if people aren't struggling with it. What is, can you tell us, like, what is the way that you prefer best? Drikas Duplessis. Okay, wow, okay. That's not that hard. But the, they, they try to... Uh, that's not that hard. They try to anglicize. So is there a French in your family? Where does the name come from? Yeah, yeah, well, I, well my, my name is French. My, my yeah. name is French. Like, I have uh, no French family. Uh, I'm South African since whenever... As far as I know, my family tree. So, but it's definitely the, the surname itself is French. Okay, uh, but yes, you are from South Africa and uh, very interesting background. But I, w- I want to talk about the new news. Uh, okay, so how many opponents officially was it? Three that you had lined up for this card? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the Chris Curtis fight was the one that we prepped for. That was the that was a big one. We uh, we got that fight signed. In January already, I think, and he actually pulled out. We got the Anthony Hernandez fight, which wasn't ideal, but it was like I mean, I'm here to fight, so fight as well. And uh, but yeah, exciting fight all around. Yeah, exciting. 
And uh, then they, they phoned me, literally on the airport on my way here. Yeah, I had to come a few days earlier. I came in two weeks before the flight because of the time zones. And uh, they phoned me, literally, I was in Dubai on my way um, to, to Florida. And they said, listen, Calvin Gaston needs to phone him, you take that flight? And I was like, damn straight, I'll take that flight. That's where I'm supposed to be fighting anyways. Okay, so you're excited now. This is the biggest opportunity of your MMA career, biggest name by far, big card, main card. Uh, for how long, in your mind, were you fighting Kelvin? How long did that last for? Well, I mean, we we got the call. He it was on the Monday, and he only canceled the fight on Friday. Okay, so for five days, you're thinking so, you're fighting yeah. Kelvin. Yeah. Yeah, for five days I, I thought I was fighting Calvin. Yeah, that was that was that was it. I mean, I uh, basically uh, said, "Cool, I'm giving up my opponent to to make sure that uh, I'm fighting Calvin. It's a big opportunity, and it's where I believe I belong anyway." So it was it's just the stars were aligning perfectly up until you know that pull up. Yeah, and what were you told? Why why did he uh, have to pull up? <sighs> Well, whatever it is that I've been told, I do not believe it, one bit of it. You know, he said it was an injury, an undisclosed injury. Who gets injured a week before a fight? You have to say, ask yourself a week before a fight, what could you possibly be doing to get injured? And if he was injured, you don't know what the camp was like, but why would he insist on having a new opponent when Imanov had to pull out? You know, so he wasn't injured on Monday because that's why he insisted on the fight. And all of a sudden, he's injured on Friday. An undisclosed injury, that sounds very fishy to me. So what do you think is the real story? I think, uh, no, they asked him in an interview, he did an interview, and he just said, listen, I don't know this guy at all. He doesn't know me. He's, you know, he saw two fights. He saw the record. He's like 2-0 in the UFC. And I guess then they started watching tape, and that's where the problem started, to be honest. Ah, so you think that once they dug a little deeper and they saw just how good you are, they were like, hmm. No, not for this one. Absolutely. I think, you know, he, he really needs a win. It's not beat around the bush. He needs a win. And this is a great opportunity for him. He's fighting a guy who's making some noise. South African guy. He's ranked number 20. That's what he's thinking. And his mindset, well, you know, I already prepped for this fight. Let's get this easy fight, get in the winning column. That's the most important for his career right now. And then he watched some tape and realized, listen, this is no walkover fight. This is not a guy that's just stepping up for the opportunity. People saying, I have nothing to lose. I have everything to lose. Well, losing a fight is everything to me. So it wasn't that I have nothing to lose. No, I'm, I'm above his level. That's what I feel. I just needed the opportunity to get it. And, you know, once he realized that, you know, he's, not a, he's a smart guy. And I'm, actually, I've always been a fan of him. But I think at the end of the day, he realized uh, maybe this wasn't really the fight that he needed to get back to the column, the willing column. It's not the fight that's going to get him there. Uh, and so when the UFC told you guys that the fight was off, then what happened? Yeah, you know, they, they, went, they let me know. I was on April Fool's. I was like, huh. you guys are screwing around. What's happening? Uh, I thought it was a joke, but, you know, the fight was off. And I was like, well, cool. Am I going back to my original opponent now? That sucks. You know, fighting. I was on the main court where I feel I belong, in the top 10 where I feel I belong. But, you know, cool, whatever. I like, I'll fight in Mondays, and they were like, no, sorry, that fight's not happening anymore. Like, that's, that's because he has a new opponent, which I understand. You know, you can't leave people hanging, but yeah, and there was just no replacement found. They couldn't find a replacement. They they couldn't fall for uh, 273, and 
no, that's that's a big bummer for me. That's it's absolutely. Uh, I'm so bummed out. But you know, at the end of the day, everything happens the way it shit. Uh, right now, I mean, I flew halfway across the world, me and my team, um, prep for this fight for whoever steps in on the night. And like you said, like you saw, they offered me three different opponents, and I just said yes to every single one of them. It's I was here to fight on the night of April. I was ready. My body was peaking. I'm in great shape. My weight was on par to make sure I'm perfect weight. I'm not a small guy. I'm, I'm you know, the weight cut's not easy for nobody. So everything was perfect for the night of April and just couldn't make it happen. And so uh, what is interesting is, as you alluded to, you were going to fight Anthony Hernandez. You say, you know, no, I mean, obviously you're offered Kelvin Gaslam, so you'll 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 give that up. They book Hernandez against someone else, and now you're left without an opponent. Um, but you know, I'm assuming in retrospect, you make the same decision, right? You had to take the Kelvin fight. You don't regret taking that, correct? Yeah, absolutely. No, not at all. Not at all. No, I do not regret that decision at all. You know, fighting where I feel, you know, I'm fighting up, I'm fighting the ranked guys. That's where I belong in the UFC. They gave me that fight because I guess nobody else would take the fight. I'm not sure, but. You know, this is also a proving point that I know I belong there. I know I belong to the best in the world. And uh, it wasn't even a hard decision. I just I felt great. I was excited because, you know, the outcome would have been the same for me no matter who I fought on the night of April. I honestly believe and I know for a fact that whoever stepped in there on the night of April, would have, uh, I would have come out the victory. Now, my understanding is they did offer you Andre Muniz. Is that accurate? That is true. They did uh, offer me movies, uh, but that was for the 16th. Oh, not for the 9th? So, no. Okay. And so have you accepted that? Uh, no. So with the Andre Muniz fight, completely different fight, firstly, but you know, fighting a grappler is one thing that's a, a pure grappler, which is not one of the opponents that we drank for, but that we look past. I, I can look past that. The big thing is, you know, peaking weight-wise, I already started waterloading to, to cut weight. We already started waterloading when we got that call. You now, putting your body through that, making sure that I already dropped weight and just postponing it a week, it's, it's, it's a tough call. It's a tough, it's, it's, it wouldn't be a smart thing to do. And I spoke to my conditioning coach, my weight cut coach, and he was like, well, that's not going to work. It's going to be very tough on my body. It's going to be already did five days of waterloading. What he suggested, and I told him, is we can do it one week after. If, if, if we had a two-week gap, that would have been perfect. Or let's fight Andre Muniz on the night. That would have been perfect because that's where I want to fight. Yeah. I'm ready to fight on that day. Or at least just give me two weeks so I can take my week to stop peaking and then start peaking again. Just get my body that you can't keep peaking for three weeks. It's not the way the body works. And this is a science. We're doing everything we can to be perfect when fight night comes. So why did they just do it on so, the night? Yeah. That's that was where I went. And uh, you know, you can you can argue and say Andre Muniz couldn't make weight one week earlier, which I would understand. But I was more than willing to fight a catchweight fight. Oh. I'm willing to fight a catchweight fight. If if that if, if he can't make the weight, let's say we, we bump it up a few pounds if that's what he wanted. And they were but, adamant uh, on the sixteenth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what that's what that's what they they said. That's a, that's where the space was at. That's what they wanted. And then what about the twenty third? The twenty third, uh, I guess there's no that that's something I would have definitely considered. I think oh, that's my problem. Oh, jeez. 
So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough situation. I'm I'm here. I'm in the states. We are leaving uh, uh, Wednesday, but uh, I'm not leaving. I'm staying in Florida. I'm gonna spend the uh, the month here. I'm gonna stay here for four more weeks. You know, uh, spend some time in in gyms around. Uh, my coach and team is heading back to South Africa. I'm gonna stay here, keep on training. You know, uh, use this opportunity to 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 go uh, check out some other other gyms and cross train a little. And you know, you never know, something pops up. I think that's smart. I'll be ready. So, you, so you're going to yeah. stick around to just because if you go all the way to South Africa, then you have to come all the way back. What did you? Did you come from yeah. South Africa this time, or were you in uh, UAE? No, I came from South Africa. Okay, I thought you said Abu Dhabi, but maybe I misheard yeah. you. Um, no, no, no. We we that's it. That was that was the layover flight. Got so it. We flew got from it. South Africa to Dubai. So damn. On the airport, I got the call for the Gaston flight. So yeah, you know, again, coming in, coming ready. Uh, it's fighting the best guys in the world. That's, a, that's that's what this is all about. And I always try to come in being the best guy in the world. That's where I'm at. I want to be the best, and I am the best in the world. I just have to get the opportunity to prove it, and it seems to be a little bit hard. Would it be fair to say uh, on this Monday when we're speaking, you're uh, you're quite frustrated? You're there in Jacksonville. You should be fighting on this big card, and now you're left with nothing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is, uh, it's the best honor for me to first to be a South African representing my country's UFC, uh, the biggest and most, the best fight organization in the world. Then getting the opportunity on a main card, you know, people back home are kind of, people are going crazy. This is, for us, this is this is massive. And South Africa is, 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 is on their feet right now. People are, are supporting me like they would any national team. This is this is massive for us. And you know, people were booking out hotels. People were starting to host events and it's massive event that, that's happening when I fight. And you know, there's, there's nothing that we could do it was completely out of our control. So yeah, frustrating is frustrating is a bit of an understatement, but most certainly frustrating to not be able to come and show the world uh, what we what what we already know back home. Is there any chance they rebook you and Kelvin? That's 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 the part that makes sense to me right now. That's that's I think it's it's owed to me at least uh, from Kelvin's side. I'm not angry at the UFC. I mean, this is a little bit out of their control, to be honest. This is I'm angry at Kelvin. I think. Uh, what he did, and uh, like I said, no disrespect, I've always been a fan, but but now what he did is he literally took food off my table, if you can call it that way. Uh, I don't even care about the money. I wasn't there to, to become a, a champion as soon as possible, getting that top 10. And he took my opportunity to, to perform. He took it away from me. He took the eight weeks uh, of hard, intense training, my 12-week camp. He took all that away from me, all the hard work, everything that was spent from coaches to nutritionists to everybody that put in some sort of effort to get me to this point. He took that all away just because he didn't feel like fighting. He didn't like the risk. And, you know, he, he made me give up my opponent. He, it was because of him. He's a bigger name, so they wanted me to give up my opponent, which everybody immediately did. And uh, it is his fault. He, he postponed him. He postponed to cancel the fight. Nobody would t- wants to take a fight on a week's notice. It's hard. It's hard to take a fight, especially in the UFC on a week's notice. And here Gaston comes and waits up until a week before the fight to say, now I'm all of a sudden I'm injured. When he insisted on a new fight, that's it's frustrating and you know that's it's a bit disrespectful towards opponents and the sport as a whole. Do you think the you like are you getting the sense that the UFC is gonna to try to rebook this or are they gonna to try to do Muniz? Uh, I think you guys were supposed to fight last year as well. So what do you think is yeah. is gonna happen? Yeah, you know, I mean the Muniz fight. Sure, I'm I'm one hundred percent into that fight. It's a it's a great fight. I do believe the Calvin Gaston fight is more 
the fight that's going to be uh, a more exciting fight. And right now, it's uh, the fight that I feel makes sense. Uh, fans were absolutely loving the fact that we were fighting. And I think uh, what showed now was that they were worried. They were worried about that fight. So maybe they wouldn't want that fight. But I promise you, that's the fight that I want. And if there's any, any, any way, you know, sitting with the UFC, this is the fight to make. And I believe to put me back in a, in a fight with a number 30 rank or 25th rank opponent doesn't make sense if you're just willing to give me a fight at number nine. Mm. Um, I have to fight. That's, that's, where, that's the fight I need to happen. I'll, I'll, I'll fight Calvin anytime. I don't know how. You said he wants to fight in Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. Is that 274? Yeah, that's uh, me. Uh, you said he would like that fight at home, but you know, like maybe he can heal as fast as he got injured. So uh, you know, if there's a if there's any call, I'm here for four more weeks. Uh, it doesn't really matter where I am. I can fly in on a week's notice. Make sure that let's let's do it. Let's let's settle this. I mean, we were set to fight. I did him a solid to step in and fight, but uh, you know he chose not to fight me. So take the time you need to prepare for me because that's probably what happens. He needs to prepare for me. And now he knows that when they started studying tape, they realized we are not prepared for this guy. So, you know, take the time, prepare for me, and let's, let's do this. Uh, and, and I'll show the world where I belong. And by the way, when the UFC told you guys that he was out, what did they say? Did they just say undisclosed injury? Did they, they say Calvin's out? He, 100%. He said, they said injury, undisclosed injury. That's it. That's, That's the it. only info that I got. I'm very sorry uh, because it seemed like. <sighs> Thank you. Yeah, it seemed like just a, a really, you know, sometimes when these fights fall through, you know, there's there's a lesser fight that comes together. And the Nasser Adin fight was interesting, but then when you got the call, when you got bumped up there, uh, everyone was like, oh, wow, this is exciting. And yeah. I know you say that you think you should be there already, but you weren't quite there just yet in terms of the fights, the names that you were getting. So that was very exciting. 100%. You, you have a, a great, you know, uh, background in, in, in striking and kickboxing. Your story is very interesting. In fact, you've, you've also, uh, fans might remember, the hardcore fans, you fought Roberto Soljic twice in KSW, and now there's uh, some talk of him coming over to the UFC. I know it's not something that they'd probably do now. Maybe you want to build to it, but would you like to do the trilogy with him? <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't do that fight. I mean, with the... I know it's been a it's been a hard road for them. They really really been trying to get him in the UFC. So you don't want to get him against me the first fight because that's gonna that will derail that hard track fight one. So um You tried you know, to get I him in put him at Walterweight. They well, uh, you know, Soldi's been in the US the, the negotiations been going on for quite a while. Right, right. No KSW countering offers and as far as the internet, that's well that's the articles I've been seeing that yeah. you know, if they give him to me in the first fight, that's gonna be a waste of a lot of negotiations because I'll take him out in that first fight for sure. Like we fought at 170. I'll never make 170 again. It was a it was, it was really grueling. Uh, no excuses at all. Uh, I knocked him out in the second round first fight and uh, I got TKO'd. He TKO'd me in the third round in the second fight. So now it's kind of a 1-1 a, a and uh, I honestly believe if uh, anything happens that uh, if he can do it, you know, <laughs> I honestly do not believe that uh, Roberto Soldic is a, is a clean fighter. Just their opinion. Um, but no, you'll get a shot in UFC. You'll get part of the testing pool. That's going to be his biggest fight, I believe. So he's uh, getting clear that testing pool. And if he gets if he if he gets to the UFC and make him middleweight naturally, he's not a middleweight. He's a he's a he's a average size one seventy. 
So it'll be great. If he does come to the UFC, I would love to welcome him at the 185 division. It'll be great. Wow. Okay. First of all, uh, you're, it, it seems like you're in the hotel gym, right? Yeah. This is amazing. So you got like random people who are like, who are, who's this guy who looks superhuman? <laughs> yeah, I was just like, yeah. there was a family just yeah. walking by. I assumed they were like, what's happening? <laughs> now, why did you choose to do this in the hotel gym? Just curious. Is your room not ready? What's happening? Well, yeah, they were literally busy uh, feeding my room. Ah. And... <laughs> And uh, when, when on the time, and I was like, well, because I was downstairs in the lobby, and when I got to the room, I was like, okay, well, they can clean the room now. So uh, I came down to the to the lobby again, and there's a some conference happening. So there's too many people, and I was uh, like, well, this is the place to be. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate going to those lengths. Uh, you said something very interesting there. You don't think he passes USADA? You you think he's on the stuff? Not yet. No. Oh. I mean, I have no proof of that at all. Yeah. I have no proof of that at all. I'm just saying, I'm just saying he's not in a tasting pool. I'm not saying Roberto Solis is on the juice at all. That's not the words. What I am saying is he's not in a tasting pool right now. Got it. It seemed like you were implying something though, which, you know, let's be honest, others have implied as well. What I implied was he's not in the tasting pool, so. <laughs> all right, all right. Get him in the tasting pool. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and, and what a background. Is it true that you grew up um, on like a, I don't know what's the correct word, like a nature reserve with jaguars and all kinds of crazy animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a we have a family. Uh, we have a predator in wildlife park. Wow. So um, yeah, so that's uh, what kind of animals? That's the way we grew up. Well, we have lions, we have tigers, we have leopards, Whoa. we have jaguars, all kind of snakes. It's, I think this. They did. There's wolves. We have wolves. There's a. There's quite a. a a variety of cheetahs is a big variety of, of, of predators, and uh, yeah, how big is it? Well, I mean, in hectares, we're probably looking at like four or five hectares. Wow, so and this is your family owns yeah, it, a, yeah. And what's it for? Like, people come visit, yeah, it's a tourist, it's a it's a so all these animals are rescued animals. Okay. And uh, it's a it's it's a it's a tourist attraction. There's a restaurant as well, so it's 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 a it's almost like yeah, it's hundred percent a tourist attraction. People come watch it, take photos, all that kind of stuff. Wow! And and this is in like how long has your family had this? This is where where you grew up. Yeah, yeah, we've we've been we the, the park itself. We've been uh, around almost ten years. Okay. And uh, and uh, but I mean, we I grew up in in a farm environment, so stayed in town, but. You know, we've been involved in farming our, our whole life. And uh, yeah, that's the way uh, we grew up. You know, a lot of nature around us. We love nature. And you know, being from South Africa, it's, uh, nature is uh, it's all around us. So it's, uh, it's a very big part of our lives. And, and it has been a part of my life my, since I can uh, And so why did you go down the path of combat? Like, why didn't you stay in this business? And Yeah, interesting. Like, my, my one brother is a lawyer. My other brother, he's in charge of the park. And he's a, he's an entrepreneur. And nobody else in my family really does this. It's, uh, uh, I just got into it. I just loved it. First time I saw it, I think it was, yeah, I saw it on a movie. And I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And ever since I saw that movie, just a movie of, of people fighting, I was absolutely mesmerized by fighting. And I started judo at the age of five and I quit from doing that. I was always involved in some sort of martial arts, but that was more just for the fun of it. Around the ages of 14, that's when I really discovered my passion for martial arts in every, every, in every single form. 
from kickboxing, boxing, uh, the judo, the jiu-jitsu, every single aspect of it was just, and is to this day, the most amazing thing to me. I, I love this sport and there's nothing in this world I love more than, than MMA. Could you make a living in South Africa as just a kickboxer? Or did you always have to cross over to MMA? No, no, no. That's, that, was, that was also a big thing, you know, kickboxing. I became an amateur WAPA world champion uh, when I was 18. And um, that was obviously when I realized I was the first South African WAPA world champion in history. So I knew there was something special. I knew I had something special. But doing this as a career, uh, kickboxing is just not a possibility in South Africa. And other than that, also, no, I want to. I don't want to be a guy that could be taken down by a grappler or wrestler and be murdered in the street. I want to be the guy that wherever the fight goes, I'll win. And you are mentioning like the uh, the interest in your fight and people wanting to come over. Of course, um, Africa has seen a lot of great talent come through recently with Izzy and Kamaru and Francis. Are we starting to see a rise in South Africa as well? Are you going to lead the charge? Is there a great growing scene over there? What can you tell us about it? I know Don yeah, Madge as well. I think. Yeah, yeah, Don Madge is fighting PFL, and he, yeah. I mean, he, he did great things in the UFC. He had two wins. Uh, we had Gareth McLellan, who's uh, also a guy that I'm training with. He uh, he had a run, and he he had a, a few hard fights. But that, as a pioneer, uh, and actually being somebody that right now, those are the guys that entered South Africa into the UFC. They introduced the world to South Africa. But you know, it's all about it's different generations. They were the generation that just at the end of their careers to step in. Where I'm a young, new generation. I'm a, I've never had another job since I was 19. I was a professional fighter. And right now, I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm on a tear. I think I'm the highest-ranked fighter in the history of South African MMA fighters for sure. I'm ranked number 20, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a massive honor for me to be able to, to pioneer South Africa and introduce the world to what we really have to offer. Because in the last five years, just in the last five years, how the sport's grown, how the sports evolve, and myself being able to get wins in spectacular fashion in the UFC has just been so motivated. It motivated so many people in South Africa to say, "Listen, I can make it to the big leagues. You know, if you work hard enough, you can make it to the big leagues." And South Africa, we have the EFC. It's a big league. It's uh, it's a world class league. We have a lot of those international fighters. That's where I started my career out is in the UFC, and I became a double division champion. There's a lot of real good talent there. And right now, we're starting to see second and third generation coaches. And that's where the sport starts evolving. The sport's probably around 10 years old in, in South Africa, 10, 15 years. So it's very, very young. And uh, right now, we're starting to see people like Don that made it, myself. Uh, there's a guy, JP Basie. Uh, he had an unlucky losses. He didn't have a real good run yet. But you know, that's, it just shows that there's, there's talent there. And there's you know, all these guys we... And myself, uh, talking about myself, I don't train anywhere else. I cross-train now and again, but I train, I live, and I'm a South African. Born, bred, I've never lived anywhere else. That's why I train. My whole team is South African. My whole team, it's the only team I've ever been with. And that's what we, we could offer. I mean, the fight speaks for themselves. So uh, in Florida now, you're just going to take advantage, go to some places like uh, ATT, Sanford. Where, where are you going? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've trained at Sanford quite a few times. I'm, I'm quite well acquainted with, uh, with Henry and, and them, and uh, I have a very good relationship with them. Uh, we, uh, so, I mean, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get kicked out to Fort Lauderdale, there we are there, and, and, and go, go spend some time at Sanford. You know, they had a lot of great guys there, a great camp, 
very wrestling and, and striking orientated, which is great for me. So, you know, they have, they have some really badass dudes there. So it's going to be great to spend this time here. I am in the States right now. I am, my body's, I'm in phenomenal shape. I'm, I'm fitter, I'm stronger than I've ever been. So I don't want to let that go to waste. And, you know, just go home and wait for something to happen. I'm going to you know, stick around and, and make the most of it. So what's your prediction? How does this play out? When do you, when do you fight in against who? Um, well, no, I'm not, I'm not too sure what the schedule looks like in terms of who is already booked and uh, where there's a space available, which fights are going to happen, which are not going to happen. But uh, in the ideal world, I would really like to get in there as soon as possible. And uh, preferably against Calvin Gasolin. That's the fight I want. That's the fight I, I want right now. And that's, uh, you know, I've already had a taste of what it's like. And I know for a fact that I know in my mind, mental preparation, I know I beat him. Ten times out of ten, I know I'm ready to be the, I'm going to be double gasted and I'm going to be in the top ten where I belong. Last thing, why do they call you Still Knox? Uh, it's a sleeping tablet. So as an amateur uh, K1 fighter, my record was 33-0 and 0, and I had 30 knockouts. And uh, my brother, like, you know, every guy needs a, a fight name because that was what all the cool people were doing when I started fighting professional. And my brother came up with a name and I didn't even know what it was. And he said, it's a sleeping tablet. And I was like, oh, that's a nice ring to it. Wow. And you know, it stuck. The yeah. name stuck. And right now we have two knockouts in a row in the UFC. So I guess uh, it is kind of applicable 100%. Yeah, it fits. Are you at the UFC hotel, by the way? Oh, no. no I'm, I'm, I'm at my, uh, I actually do uh, my own accommodation up until five weeks. Got it. Are you going to go to the UFC hotel? No. No. I'm, I'm, we're leaving uh, tomorrow. Okay. Uh, no, uh, on Wednesday, uh, my team is leaving. So when they leave, that's when I'll leave for Florida. Got for, it. Uh, for right. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry it played out this way. Um, I was really looking forward to that. But I love the confidence. I love you shooting your shot and trying to get what you want and what you think you deserve. So I hope it works out for you. I'd love to see the fight. And uh, congratulations on your success so far, not only in the UFC, but up until this point in your fighting career. Very impressive stuff. And Looking forward to seeing you progress. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. It's a, it's a massive honor for me. You know, uh, being a massive MMA fan, this has always been a big dream. And it's been great to be on the show. It's a massive privilege. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And we'll talk to you soon, okay? And for the record, Drickus Duplessis. That is it. Nailed Remember it. Remember the name. Remember the name. Thank you, my man. All the best to you. Cheers, man. All right. I appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Cheers. There he is. Drickus Duplessis. What a name. What a guy, right? What a look. 16 and 2. Fighting out of South Africa. As he said, 2 and 0 in the UFC. Two finishes. Uh, fought on the Poirier McGregor 3 card last um, July. Made his debut in October of 2020. So, you know, you might say, oh, where, where's this guy? Where's he been? Well, Supposed to fight Andre Muniz in uh, December, then Chris Curtis, that fell through for this card, then Anthony Hernandez, that fell through, then Kelvin Gaston, that fell through. Um, his last loss, by the way, October of 2018 to the aforementioned Roberto Soldich. Still see, seems weird when I see this like thing. I'm like, what? Is there something? like What's going on here? You're going to be all right? It's a new chair. It's just like every time I look at the screen, I'm like, oh, gamer chair. Gamer Hawani. Yeah. Um... Prior to that, he beat Soldich, as he said. 
Lost to Gareth McLennan, who he talked about, who he uh, trains with now in the EFC days. We've got a nice scene over there in South Africa. So uh, hopefully we'll get to see him back sooner rather than later. And I love that fight for, obviously, him. It's a big fight for him. But I think it's an interesting fight for Gaslam, too. I mean, it's not like Gaslam, by the way, was shying away from a young stud. He was fighting Nasruddin Imavov, who's no, you know, washed up old guy or anything like that. He's a legit stud as well. So we won't be getting that. Hopefully it's the uh, the only casualty because it's a really good card. Top four fights are really good. Obviously the top three fights are tremendous. Dern Torres, solid. Ian Gary, super solid to see him back. Early prelims, solid. So um, that's this Saturday. Now, one more guest to go. Oh, oh, everything falling. And it's Juliana Pena. We just had the uh, interim men's bantamweight champion, and uh, hopefully in a matter of moments, we'll have the women's bantamweight champion, who, of course, shocked the world this past December when she defeated Amanda Nunes, and they just finished up uh, The Ultimate Fighter, and we're hoping to get that fight in the summertime. Um, of course, we'll be back on Wednesday. Give us, uh, give you all the final thoughts on 273, the picks, the guests, the whole shebang. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. But I am really looking forward to talking to Juliana Pena because, as I said, uh, she was at WrestleMania and I didn't see her. She was creeping from afar. She said she saw me, but then I looked for her, couldn't find her. And then I said, well, do you have any time to come on the show? I mean, it's been like four months since you won seen you do interviews with everyone under the sun and uh, nothing with, you know, the show that kind of got you the fight. I mean, like, let's be honest. I mean, we drove up all the interest. She's cutting promos left and right. Remember, they were trying not to book that fight. It seemed like she was in a spot where they weren't giving her what she wanted. And uh, then she got it. And I'm not going to be the one to say, like, the little people were forgotten about. I would never say that sort of thing. But, you know, I think it was good to remind people um, that she's willing to come on the show and uh, talk to the quote-unquote little people. And so without further ado, let us say hello now to the no longer new queen of the women's bantamweight division, just the queen of the bantamweight. It's been, it's been just the second time we talked to her, but it's been so long, so I don't know if it's new, is it not new? Is, did Mario Lopez cancel today? Like, do you have nothing to do today? Is that why you're on? I mean, like, you must be really bored for coming on the show. Stop it, but thank you so much for finally addressing me as the queen, <laughs> la reina, finally. I've been waiting so long to hear you say that. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it's so good to see you. I mean, I, I could see that championship glow just emanating from your soul, from your... Look at look at the smile. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, but here, you know, four months, I was wondering, like, wow. I mean, I kind of feel like we helped make the fight, you know, and then uh, can't even get you on the show. Couldn't even get a response to it. I... Don't know what happened between my assistant and my publicist and the social media team. I don't know how I missed that text message. I'm sorry. I apologize. Please forgive me. I would never stiff you. You know my heart. You know it's good. I always love the MMA hour. I'm trying to get on this show. I called you, well, matter of fact. You were sort of creeping from afar. Then I went to look for you, <laughs> and I couldn't find you. You were at WrestleMania. Uh, in fact... You went to both nights, right? Yes, I did. I'm a diehard. Are you really a diehard fan? 
Not really, but okay. I mean, I was there. I didn't, the UFC wouldn't switch my flight, so I said, "What the heck? Why not night two? <laughs> Wait, why? Why did you go? Um, I just went because I was invited as a guest to uh, Ric Flair to support his daughter Charlotte Flair wow. in her match with Ronda, and so I just went to uh, to to be a good friend. And are you friends with Ric Flair? I saw you have some pictures with him on your social media. Yeah, I am friends with Ric Flair. I met him a little bit ago, and he's a great guy. He's a legend, you know? So anytime Ric Flair invites you to go do something, I mean, you do it. And uh, did you grow up watching wrestling? Because I know you were at SmackDown after you won the belt. Uh, they showed you, like, are, are, are you someone who grew up watching this? So I would say it's a little bit of like, a, mm, I did not grow up watching I got, I grew up getting beat up uh, by the moves that my brother was watching. It, so it was like, it. I was a byproduct of what he saw because he was a diehard fan. And so my brother would practice, you know, the tombstone, the people's elbow, like yes, he yes, did yes. all the moves to me. And that's why I know about wrestling because everything that, you know, he tried on me was what he saw in the ring. And uh, was that your first WrestleMania? That was my first WrestleMania. Yes, it was crazy. What was the gate? 77,000, 78,000 people yeah. there. Like on, the nosebleeds on, and top of the nosebleeds yes. had people stuffed in the nosebleeds. It was incredible. Literally, the whole place was packed. There wasn't an empty seat in the house. For two nights. So it's like 150,000 people. Insane. Insane. UFC needs to draw those numbers. It was such a production. It was so cool. What a great experience. So I was just going to ask you, what did you think of the whole thing? Like being in a football stadium, were you into it? Did you feel like it was too big? How did you feel about it? No, I didn't think it was too big. Obviously, if 77,000 people showed up there for two nights in a row, number one, number two, it's crazy to know that like everyone there knows that it's fixed and everyone there is, you what? know, obviously diehard wrestling fans, what are you talking but about? like the fact, well, come on. The fact is, is that it's something that's already predetermined and yet still all these people showed up. Like it was crazy. It was literally, it was mind boggling to me that like, that's kind of the reality of the situation is like, it's pro wrestling WWE style. And all these people are there. Like, I couldn't believe it. I honestly, I was, I was gobsmacked. Wow. What a great word, by the way. Gobsmacked. What was your favorite match? Definitely, definitely um, Pat McAfee. Uh, McAfee. Yes. McAfee. Yes. How fun was that, right? That was insane. Um, I like him. When he came to SmackDown here in Chicago, I was uh, got some better seats than I had at WrestleMania. Ooh. And he shouted me out. He got on top of the desk and he gave me a shout out. And then I saw him at the uh, Super Bowl radio row in L.A. And I talked to him then, too. And so to see him, you know, on the broadcast side, actually get in there and kind of, you know, do as they do. I thought that was pretty cool. And I was cheering him on the entire time. Yeah, I came out with the Dallas Cowboys uh, cheerleader and everything it was quite the scene yeah see that's what i'm talking about you hobnobbing with all the big shots in media no time for the people that were there you know eight years ago when you were just juliana pena ultimate fighter contestant 
stop it. But if you want to be ragging on me, let's take it back to you for a second. What is the problem with you? Why is everyone that I talk to, I'm like, I got to do Ariel. And they're like, "Mm, Ariel. I'm like, really? I mean, I had beef with him like circa 2013, but what's your problem with him? Like, wait, wait, who said this? Tell me, tell me who said like everyone. They're like so hot on you. They're like so upset at you. What did you do? What do you mean? Tell me who's mad at me. I don't know. No, there's, there's, there's people that are mad at you, Ariel. I'm just saying, listen, when you're at the top, Wait, this is what I want to know. Okay. What were you doing there? Yeah. What were you doing there? <laughs> you want to know the scoop? Yes, please. No, I was I was I was uh covering it for BT Sport, who's you know the the UK. They do MMA, they do UFC, they also do WWE. Gotcha. And we're trying to give it a little bit of uh legitimacy, a little credibility, you know what I mean? Cover it like we would a okay. UFC event. And uh it's fun. Okay. You know, there's a lot of similarities between the wrestlers and you guys. You know, the personalities the stories, the backgrounds. I, I'm just saying I need to take a page out of their book because honestly, I was so inspired after watching all those matches, just the way they talk, their bravado, their confidence, you know, like I, I, everything they were saying, I was like, yes, he will. He is going to do it. Yeah. I believe him. And then like, he wouldn't get up and I'd be like, get up. You're still going to do it. And then he would do it. I'm like, I told you, like I, I was into it. I liked it. And I loved the whole shtick, the whole, you know, their whole persona and everything. I, I, I thought it was a, there's an art to it and I appreciate it. Yes. Uh, by the way, the greatest MMA fighters are ones who are wrestling fans that take things from, like, look at Izzy, right? He knows how to be a showman. He's a, he's a wrestling, longtime wrestling fan. You got to sell yourself. You got to be larger than life. You have to know how to, you know, have somewhat of a persona and create interest, get people emotionally invested. It's the ones who are just like, I'm here to fight and I'll do whatever the UFC wants. They don't make money. Right? Boring. You want to be that? Exactly. No. And that's what I learned from Ric Flair. It was like back in the days, they had to figure out how to fill up those seats every single night. They had to be it, make it so interesting and make it so people are emotionally invested either in his success or his loss. It didn't matter, but they needed to fill those seats. And I needed you to be emotionally invested tomorrow night to see what's going to happen, you know? And I'm like, yes. That's what it's about, you know. Uh, I, I need people emotionally invested in me, my either in my success or in my failures, whatever. As long as they're tuning in and watching, that's all I care about. And I definitely think that watching those WWE wrestlers do their thing, I was like, I'm gonna do that. Nice. Now, um, and the cream shall rise. Yeah. Wow. You're even getting the promos down and everything is fantastic. What about your old friend Rhonda? Did you happen to see her? <laughs> No, no. I saw her husband and I was hoping like I was waiting and ready for it. Right. I was ready for the, um, wait a second. Wait, you're getting a call. And this is like, this is like an important part of the show. Yeah. yeah. I know my sis is calling. Um, I saw her husband and I was like waiting. Cause you know, like you're on the aisle and then there's the, the security right and they're like clearing the aisle like somebody's gonna come rushing through like the back you know no one ever came but i was like anticipating like waiting for like her to come out and i took my purse off like ready to go like ready to throw down like let's do this and then she never showed up where where is this like at at the event or at the hotel at the event of course wow now did uh, travis say anything to you no, no, he just kind of, you know, looked at me and probably didn't even, I don't even know if he recognized me, but he saw me for sure and then walked away. Wow. And I was like, go tell her, go tell her to get out here right now. Oh, I love this. You're like, uh, <laughs> I can see even the way you're speaking. <laughs> but by the way, what, is there beef there? 
you know what? There's not, you know what my, where my beef is with Amanda and, Mm. and, and making sure that that goes down. Rhonda is so um, old news. Right. So I I think that what's incredible about her is that, you know, she opened up the door and was destroying people in 10 seconds and, you know, became a star because she was, you know, demolishing people in the first round. And that's great. But she got knocked out twice and never came back. And so how legit is she? You know, she had to go to pro wrestling and I get that. And, and I think that that's great, but as a fighter and somebody who's competitive, I know that deep down, it probably truly bothers her. The fact that she went away off of two knockout losses and never came back to make her name good. If it really truly does bother her. And if it gets under her skin at the end of the day to know that, you know, her legacy is kind of like, ruined by the fact that she never came back and never got back on the horse, then I would like to invite her to please come back. And if she would like to come back, I would welcome her with open arms. Wow. But that's the B side. The A side is Amanda Nunes and fighting Amanda and what I have in front of me right now. But yes, it was nice to see Rhonda. This is true. This is the old Juliana cutting promos left and right on people, you know, lest we forget when no one wanted to give you the Nunez fight, I said, come on, Julian, let's do it. Let's get the, let's take this fight by its horns, right? Let's take it. And look yes. what happened. You called it. There was an interview from like a year and a half ago where you called everything. You saw that, right? You called the whole damn thing. I was actually pregnant in Singapore, like four or five months pregnant. And I said exactly everything that I was going to do. And then, yeah, anyways, that interview aged perfectly because, yeah, I did everything that I said I was going to do five years ago in that interview in Singapore for the UFC. It was incredible. So uh, I'm going to ask you about Amanda in a second, but do do you think Ronda ever comes back? No, right? No, I, that's what I'm saying. She's kind of a joke in the MMA world now because, she, uh, what is the word? Sellout, like a little bit of a sellout there. Oh, wow. I mean, I guess I understand, right? It's like pro wrestling. It's fake. You get paid millions of dollars. I get it. But like for me, for the real shit, for like the you're the real, real deal, mm-hmm. I would say that that's in the UFC. And if she ever wants any of that real smoke, I'm ready. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> by the way, uh, did you think she was good? Like just, you know. Objectively, did you think she had a good match? Yes, I thought she had a great match. I thought she was very good. Yes. Well, she, she, um, she needs to, and this is just from girl to girl as a fan, like as a fan, I'm a fan and -hmm. I think that she's great and I'm happy for her. And I think that it's awesome what she's doing in the WWE, but as a fan, she either needs to be more comfortable in her own skin or needs to figure out a different attire because every move that she does, there becomes like a, a wardrobe fix. You okay. know what I mean? She's pulling her pants down. She's pulling her bra up. Like she's every move yeah. is followed by a wardrobe type of change so that she can like be comfortable in whatever she, whatever it is that she's wearing. I understand that one time I fought um, and you know, I fight in like my scuba gear, right. Cause I'm not trying to show no skin. And one time I fought and my shirt kept riding up. So like after every punch thrown, I was pulling my shirt down and pulling my shirt down. And pull- it's so uncomfortable, you know, right. so wear something that you're comfortable in, wear something that you love and that you're not going to have to constantly be yanking at your clothes the entire match. You know, you didn't see Charlotte flair one time touch anything that she was wearing. It was just all about the match, but Rhonda's like constantly pulling and like, you know, it's like, wear something that you're comfortable in so that you don't have to do that. Cause it just is, it takes away a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great insight. Um, I also noticed that you filmed one of the matches. I think it was the Edge match. The entire thing on your Instagram. Like you filmed and did like running commentary. 
why did you do this? And I hope no one finds out that you did this because it was a pay-per-view, but why did you record the whole match? I deleted it. I oh. just recorded it just to see, you know, my social team is a little bit on me and they're like, we need more vlogs. We need you to uh, engage with your fans more. We need you to be more engaging. So that's why I'm like, okay, I guess this is the time to go live. Right. So um, that's why. And also it was so cool. Like the fireworks and the fire and like just the setting of everything. It was, it was, it was a great atmosphere. It was very energetic and I, I appreciated it. So I just wanted to share with the fans what, what I was seeing. Okay, fair enough. Um, how has life changed for you since December, would you say? Has it dra- dramatically changed? Yeah, people are more mad at me all the time because wow. I don't get back to their text messages Who to be on that? their podcast Come and to be on the podcast. Shows. Excuse yeah. me, like I'm some jabroni. <laughs> um, that's it? That's the only difference? No, my phone is definitely blown up uh, a ton. And then the other difference that I noticed for sure, for sure, because it affects me directly, is they fly me first class everywhere. Wow. It's nice. I'm getting a little taste of the good life. I could get used to this. The queen is happy sitting in first class, ordering her mimosas. Yes, queen. Wow. I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, I do remember you saying, like, you know, you want to start getting paid. Are you getting paid now? We're still in negotiations. Oh. But let me ask. As as a still in negotiations type of deal, when Dana says that the fight is worth mega millions, like a million dollar fight, you know what I mean? Like that means that I should get paid, right? Like Yeah. I mean Okay. Okay. That's where I'm at. Okay. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out I'm just trying to figure out what they think my worth is and then I'm gonna add some tax on top of that. So sure. we'll see. So it's still still ongoing. Still ongoing, yes. But Far- I am hearing July thirtieth. Okay, but far apart, close, like how far are we? For negotiations? Yeah, 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 for you to get what you want, to be happy. Well, it becomes one of those like good cop, bad cop scenarios, right? Where it's like Dana's trying to be the good cop, Hunter's trying to be the bad cop. And I'm just trying to say, listen, I have a window of opportunity to make my money that's this big, this this window, this window's this big. I have a kid, you know, I'm looking at these pro wrestlers. Cone Stoll Steve Austin hasn't fought in 19 years. He's walking out there in knee braces. Yeah. You know, I met Jake the Snake. He's like on oxygen. You know, I'm going to have to hold on to this chunk of money that I get for the rest of my life. You know, this isn't just something where I turn 60 and I'm like, hey, remember that time I fought for you guys? Are you guys going to pay for these medical bills so I can get these hips replaced? You know, right. it's like I got to hold on to this money. And so I think that, you know, when they decide what they think my worth is, is going to be the, the fight where I'm going to say, actually, I'm going to need, you know, I'm not trying to be ridiculous. I just want what's fair. And that's it. By the way, I don't want to correct you, but I know like Bohashina Depot is going to clip this off. It's stone cold. You said cold stone. (laughs) 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 You called up the ice cream. Uh, You called up the ice cream. Stone cold. I'm sorry. Uh, Stone cold. Can I get a hell yeah? Yes, 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 yes. Um, But that was good. So, so. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. Do you have fights left on your deal? I don't know. I don't know. Every time I have a fight in a contract, and then the next time I come back, they were like, well, you're on a kind of like, screw that contract. Yeah. Something else. I want something else. So it's like, what? It depends. I don't know. I think it could be a one off. It could be a gigantic fight contract. I don't know. We're still, I'm I'm letting Chad handle all that. Oh, yeah. And I was going to ask, you're not doing this yourself. Like, you reached a point. 
I finally found a buffer. I okay. Find, That's, I, I feel buffer, like yeah. you reach a point in your career, you need to have someone do those negotiations for you. It can get a little bit too personal, a little awkward, right? Well, that's what's happened is like, they're like, hey, we want you to fight. And I'm like, nah, I'm cool. And then they're like, we're sending you to Vegas. And back in the day, they'd send you to Vegas. And they're like, here's this beautiful meal. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the nicest meal I've ever had. And like, sign right here. And I'm like, yeah, wherever you want. And then uh, I'll sign it, you know? And it's like, I got to quit doing that. And I've, I've done that, you know, in the past. And that's where why I've gotten myself into this situation. So finally, I have uh, somebody else to go in there and to to do the difficult stuff that is really awkward. You know, it's like I'm trying to do what's fair and I need somebody to speak for me because otherwise I'll just, you know, sell myself down the river for a nickel and, and not get what's fair. And so I, I got to quit doing that to myself. And this is going to be the first time that I have somebody speaking for me. So if all goes to plan July 30th? All goes to plan July 30th. Although I'm not necessarily convinced that I like that timing, right? Oh. Because what is the likelihood that UFC fans are going to be buying two pay-per-views in one month? That's a, right? you're, you're very smart. You're very smart. I don't like the two pay-per-views in one month thing. Right. I would like to be on a big card. And I see Connor getting ready. And I kind of like want to reach out like, Connor. John Jones, you guys both look like you're getting ready. You guys look like you'll both be ready for summer. Let's all of us jump on a card together. How epic would that be? John Jones, Conor McGregor, Amanda Nunes, you know what I mean? And that be the pay-per-view as opposed to like having that twice in one month. That's just yeah. kind of where I'm thinking. I don't you, like that whole twice in one month thing. And you get pay-per-view points now, right? I don't know anything about that. I'm going to let Chad handle all, all right. that for me. And by the way, why did you say John jo Oh, hello. Who's that? Uh, is that... Your social media team? That's my or? dad. Oh, what's yeah, up? That's my dad. How are you? What's going on? to help out. Oh, I appreciate dad it. Dad says hi. Yeah. Uh, I like, hi. what, is he just adding production <laughs> value to the interview? I like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, my social media team sent this me ring lights because uh, I don't know anything about all this, you know, whole like uh, content, vlogs and all that jazz. So I I'm trying to, trying to equip myself a little bit more. Um, but you said something really interesting there. You said Conor McGregor, John Jones, Amanda Nunes. What? You're supposed to say Conor McGregor, John Jones, Juliana Pena. Why? Why are you mentioning her and not you? You're the ace. I'm mentioning her. You're because the champ. I need to put. I, I'm mentioning her because I need her to know that this is what I'm planning, so that she shows up. It's an. I know I'm going to show up. I know I'm going to be there. Right. I just need to make sure she comes. You don't think she shows up? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, I hope she does. I hope. I really do. I hope she does. I think. Yeah, she's showing up. She absolutely is showing up. What I know you can't talk about the show per se, but just like being around yeah. her, like was it fun? Were you into it? You know, it's about to start May third. ESPN Plus <laughs> doesn't sound like you liked it. What was it like? I mean, she's a little bit more high maintenance than I was originally expecting. You know, really. So, uh, yeah, I'll say that. Wow. Um, and it was fine. You know, I'll tell you this. My whole pure main objective of wanting to be on the ultimate fighter and coaching on the ultimate fighter was to, to give back to the sport and to give back to the team, whatever the team would be. It has everything to do with the team and not so much as, as myself as an individual, although that helps, but just to be able to have a team and to, you know, help them grow and, and, and see how their careers go in the UFC. So my priority wasn't necessarily trying to like push Amanda's buttons. It was more so like, I just need to make sure that my team wins and like beats the crap out of her team. And that's kind of where it was for me. It wasn't like a big personal thing as far, 
on a personal level, but it was personal in the sense that like my main objective was that my team killed her team. And that's all I cared about. She's a tough dance partner though, right? Like she doesn't really, like you were talking about, you you get it, right? Wrestling, build personalities, emotionally. She does, she's never really done that. She doesn't like to do media. She doesn't like to really, like, I actually think she could be a lot more famous and popular had she cared a little more about that stuff. That's what I'm saying. I mean, she's a little bit more high maintenance. Like, you got to play the game a little right. bit. You know, you got to play the game. I need people invested in me and my success or my losses, whatever it is, I need them invested. It seems like she doesn't really care either way. But I have to say, you know, when you got, you know, 10 million in the bank, are you really going to, you know, be caring that much when you're waking up in silk pajamas every day? And it's kind of one of those things where it's like the fight will sell itself and all you got to do is show up. So I think she kind of is just riding that wave. But me, I got other work to do. I have to try to create the buzz and to make it big. You know, there's got to be another side to this. I am that other side and I got to play it up to, to the best of my abilities. You're playing all my favorites here, Juliana. You're referencing lines that I'm I not playing anything. No, this saying, is the reality okay, of the okay, situation. Okay, yeah, yeah. This is my life. Silk you pajamas. Know what I mean, like I, I'm not playing. No, 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 no. Playing. No, I'm saying I'm you're you're saying referencing things is. that I mentioned. I mean, I feel like there's a part of you that feels bad that you've shunned us for four months, so you're doing a lot to get back in our good graces. That's what I'm saying. No, trust me. I, I don't. It doesn't make a difference whether I'm in your good graces or not. You know, we've been on bad terms, and I've we still have. come on your show to you say have. what's up. So it doesn't matter Respect. whether we're in good graces or not. We're, I'm still wondering who are the people happen. talking smack about you coming on the show. I'm still confused about that, but we can. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It okay. doesn't matter. Um, um, but yeah. Were you surprised that she left ATT after the fight? A little bit. I, I am. A part of me thinks that she'll go back, you know, but I, I was a little bit shocked to, to hear that, you know, she fired her entire team after losing a fight. That was crazy. That was pretty crazy. Management as well. Like Dan was her, Dan Lambert was her manager. Now she's with the new team. A, a very drastic move, right? <laughs> Considering all the success that she had leading up to that point. I can tell you during fight week, I saw one of her interviews during fight week. It was a few days before our fight. And they were like, Hey, Amanda, how do you feel about the fact that Kayla Harrison's the team captain? And she was like, what? Oh. It was like news to her. And you could tell how like visibly uncomfortable she was from the question. And she was like, ah, she's not team captain. I'm team captain. That's my oh, job. You know what no. I mean? And I was like, I saw the wheels turning, you know? So I'm like, it's gotta be one of those things where it's like, the room wasn't big enough for the two of them. But at the same time, it's like, you guys call each other friends, right? Like you guys are constantly saying that you're friends and training partners, you know? But then like, she was so upset that I beat Amanda because then that means that she's not going to fight Amanda. So it's like, who needs enemies with friends like these? Right, you know, right, right. it's like we're training partners, we're friends, and now I'm devastated that you lost because now I can't kick your ass. Like what? Uh, what did you make of awkward? Yes, what did you make of Kayla signing with uh, or re-signing with PFL? How easy is it? Talk about WWE wrestling. How easy is it to say I'll beat Juliana with one arm tied behind my back and then sign a seven-year contract to PFL right after the next day? It's like it's easy to talk shit when you know nothing's going to happen from it. So that's my whole angle. It's like Kayla's just running her mouth because she knows nothing's ever going to happen of it. Of it, you know, she just signed her life away to PFL. So best of luck with that. I hope it's it, make your career off of beating tomato cans. That's great. <laughs> I will. I just will correct you on one other thing. Uh, I don't think it was seven yeah. years. I don't think it was seven years. I think it was two years. Oh, oh, okay, two years. All right. But two years. 
Here's the thing, though. Yeah. I understand it. Make your other milli. What if she yeah, made yeah. two million with them? Make your money, girl. Do your thing. Yeah. I mean, if you could get a million dollars to fight lesser competition, you would take that too, right? I just need one. I just need one. Just one. Just one. Um, just one milli. By the way, I'll fight anyone. Are you really considering comedy? Is that a real thing? No, no. I don't even know what ever happened with that. I'll say this. I got offered it. I said yes, and then I haven't heard anything about that. I don't even actually know the date on that. I didn't. I missed it, right? Like that was supposed to know. be already back then, right? I don't know. I haven't heard anything from it. But I mean, you know, the, there was three things that I wanted to be when I was a kid. When they say, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" It was a rapper, a comedian, and a boxer. Wow. Those those are three interests that I've always had, you know. So I, I love comedy. I love laughing, and it's definitely not something that I'm wanting to pursue. But like he asked if I wanted to do something and help me write some jokes, and I was like, sure, I'll do it. But you know, I think the time has passed. Maybe later, like after the fight. Right now, I'll tell you, um, I'm home and I'm not going anywhere. And it's time to to get back on the grind. I mean, I've been training this entire time. I trained on the Ultimate Fighter with my team. I trained since I've been home, and I trained before I left to the Ultimate Fighter. But now that all the media obligations are done, now that that wave has passed, it's time to get back into fight camp. It's fight camp now, so definitely not going to be doing any comedy routines uh, prior to the fight. No. By the way, who was your favorite rapper growing up? Like, who did you try to... My favorite rapper growing up? Yeah. Oh, I loved uh, Missy Elliott. Mm. I loved Missy Elliott. She was my girl. Um, I loved uh, Lauren Hill, Kanye West, um, Talib Kweli. I, I, um, I have a wide range of music taste, but of course the classics, Tupac, you know, yeah. Dr. Dre, Eminem, um, all those... Did you have a moniker? Did you have a name yourself for this uh, dream of being a rapper? No? No, no. I decided that if I ever were to name myself again, it would be Juliana Pena. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Who gave you your nickname? Rick Little, the Venezuelan Vixen. Wow. He just came up with it? It was a blessing and a curse. (laughs) Why blessing and a curse? Blessing because I'm paying homage to my roots. My dad's from Venezuela. Curse because everyone is like, since I'm not born and physically in in Venezuela, in the country, they give you crap for that. that I'm not the Venezuelan. Yeah, they don't think I'm the Venezuelan vixen because I'm not born in Venezuela. You know, so I get I get a lot of crap for that. Like you're not a real Venezuelan. You know, so it's whatever. That's whack. Um, Before I let you go, what's the coolest thing that happened as a result of this victory? Um, the coolest thing that has happened as a result of this victory is sitting first class. I can't get over it. I love sitting first what class. Is- I deserve to be a one all the time. I agree. <laughs> I agree. By the way, I sat on the flight with you from, uh, from Australia to California and we were not in first class. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, but you probably had a better seat than I did. And that's what I'm saying is the problem. No, <laughs> I was, th- I was next to you. You don't remember this? No, I remember we all took a flight, but no, I don't remember you. I wow. mean, you were probably like, an, what, an aisle away or something? No, no. W- People tell me things, Ariel. People are like, this one time, da 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 and you said this, and you said that. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking you about. Got, you got a lot going on. You get punched in the head. But I, I actually thought you would say something <laughs> there else. You go. I thought you were going to say something else. I thought you were going like to say what? taking your daughter to Disneyland. <sighs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that was great. That was really cool. Yep. But that was really cool. Was there a but? <sighs> I can't 
can't share it with you. What? Yes, there's there, another part there's of the story. Yeah, there. Taking my daughter to Disneyland was amazing. Yes, it was very cool. I'll tell you why. Um, we got to cut every single line, and we got to go to like 19 rides, and it was epic because most families go there, and they're lucky if they get three or four rides in the day. You know, yeah. um, we got to do all the rides, and we got to cut all the lines, and so it's almost one of those things. Like once you get a taste of that, it's like you can't go back to whatever sure. you were doing like before coach. because exactly. So. For me, it's like I'm never probably going to go back to Disneyland unless I like a thousand percent secure getting that same treatment that I got because they really did pull out the red carpet for us. So we were happy. But there's a but. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I feel it's like, all good. I feel like I know what the but is, but I'm not going to mention it. If you're not going to mention it, I'm not going to mention it. Okay. Unless you want me to mention it. Okay, well, tell me what you think it is. Serious? I'm an open book, Ariel. Okay, really that's what that's what I like hide. about you. I, I think that you thought that some people would hook you up and help you out, and they didn't, and you had to do it yourself. Oh, no. Uh-uh, no. I, I mean, like I said, people tell me things, and I'm like, really? Did that happen? I don't remember. That didn't happen, I don't think. It literally, okay. they, I had, so a, I wonder what I the had like a Disneyland assistant with me the entire time, and okay. they took care of us very well. Seems like yeah. a great time. No, the butt is just, it, yeah, it was a great time. Exactly. She she It was epic. She loved it. Mario Lopez, you did a whole media tour. It was great. Yeah, I'm going on Good Morning America on May 3rd. Wow. For what? Oh, for the Ultimate Fighter? Yes. This after moments ago, you saying no more media, the media tour is done, this and that. Good Morning America. Well, that's May 3rd. That's like one day. I literally have to fly for one day. Okay. Um, hmm. Actually, I take that back. Can I tell you something else? I, okay, let me say this. Okay, let me say this. All right. I can't say that it's a thousand percent for sure, but I got nominated to go up with the Thunderbirds. You know, the Thunderbirds, those jets. Yeah. 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 I got nominated to go, to go up with the Thunderbirds in my hometown at the uh, Spokane Fairchild Air Force Base. Now, Rick Little is my head coach and his dad was the commander at that base. And um, they invited, they nominated me to, to go up with the Thunderbirds with them. But I won't know until like the week of the flight. And the week of the flight is the same week as Michael Chiesa's wedding. Oh. And so if everything goes to plan, the coolest thing af- that I will have experienced after winning the championship is definitely going to be a flight with the Thunderbirds. Absolutely. Wow. And when's the wedding? Because I didn't get a... Uh... And I haven't checked my mail, but I didn't get to save the date or anything like that. So <laughs> I was just I'm a little bit uh, taken aback by this news of the wedding. It's in May, but would you really come from New York to Washington State? That's a long flight. I love Michael. He's the man. I'm sure he would love to have you there. Well, he just probably forgot. Yeah, he just probably forgot. Uh, wow. I feel like yeah. we covered a lot here. Um, this has been great. I feel Thunderbirds. Like, how cool is that? No, that is cool. I mean, I'm not, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm not a big plane guy. Are you serious? A Thunderbird? By the way, Good Morning America, a thousand times cooler than a Thunderbird. You're out of your mind, dude. And I think it's because that's I a, grew that's up an with, institution. Like, no, no, no. So, like, 
hearing like my favorite veteran of all time is Colonel Richard E. Little, which is Rick's dad, who was the commander. So hearing all of these stories for like the past 14 years of all of his flights and, you know, dropping bombs and being in like the Korean war and like just being a a fighter pilot, his dad was a fighter pilot to hear all this. And then all the plane rides that I have to do, I absolutely am enthralled with planes. And so I think that going up on a Thunderbird and like, you know, and hitting those G forces, I might pass out. What if I pass out? It's going to be awesome. I like how you say he's your favorite veteran of all time. Like, like how someone would say like my favorite player for the whatever Yankees. So you have a favorite veteran and it's Colonel uh, Little. Richard E. Little. Richard E. Little, the father of the great Rick Little, your head coach, Michael's head coach, longtime head coach, uh, who from Sik Jitsu, right? Who propelled you. Spokane. Believed in you before anyone believed in you, and now you're a champion and uh, was really happy on that night back in December, puffing his chest out, letting everyone know that he called it. It's a beautiful story, and uh, I hope that you get everything that you're asking for here because you deserve it. You're right. You've been putting in the time. Eight years in the UFC, right? When you won the belt, it was eight years, now approaching nine. Um, I got to be honest with you. First class, you should be asking for a hell of a lot more than first class, all right? If you, you think need- I should be asking for my own private jet? Well, listen. I don't think we should be negotiation negotiating in public, but uh, <laughs> sounds like you know your representation is great. If they need to speak to Helwani, I could give them a tip or two on how things get done over there at you know Las Vegas HQ and you know UFC. They listen to me. You know they respect my word. They respect what I have to say. My opinions. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take you up on that. Tell I'll Chad send to give me Chad a call. Yes. Uh, so I will. <laughs> May 3rd, Ultimate Fighter, it's done, right? So it's in the can. It will premiere. And then July 30th, maybe, but now we don't really love it. Why not July 3rd, by the way? Uh, International Fight Week. I thought that's where they were going to put you. Yeah, how epic would that card be, right? I'm just hearing July 30th. I haven't heard anything about July 2nd. Um, and, of course, obviously, you got to have somebody to bring to the dance. So it's all going to be, you know, contending on whenever um, when is it, Whenever it's good for Amanda. But that's crazy. So we You're the see. champ. You're the champ. What do you mean, whatever's good for Amanda? It's well, I already for- told her it was good for me anytime, anytime. Right. Next week, two weeks, tomorrow, yesterday, whatever. So just let me know. Just send location. Yes. Uh, this really warmed my heart. Nice to talk to you. I thought we were on the outs. Now we're back. You get the text. I'm like, wow, she's here. I looked everywhere. I couldn't find you. Come on the show. <laughs> really nice. Really nice. Very happy well, for you. Well, it's always a pleasure. You always have a home here. Okay? I just want you to know that. If you ever need to get something off your chest, let the world know how you're feeling anytime. You have my number, clearly. Let us know, and we'd love to have you. Good luck with the negotiations. Keep us posted, and uh, enjoy the time at home. Good luck in training. Can't wait to see you back. Thanks, guys. And, have a good one. And, and thank you uh, to your dad for the you. light. He did a great job. I will. All right. I will I'll let him know. Thank, thank you, Ariel. Have All a great right. night. You too. There Bye. she is, Juliana Pena, the Venezuelan vixen, joining us. Great stuff from her. A lot of spunk, a lot of fire, a lot of heat there. You got to love it, and uh, that's what happens. You go to a... WWE event, and all of a sudden, you feel pretty damn good about yourself. You puff your chest out a little bit. You start cutting promos left and right. You're killing it. All right. Thank you to Juliana. That was fun. Thank you to all our guests. Um, We're good. It's time to go. It's time to take a nap. Of course, we'll be back on uh, Wednesday. But I have to take a shower. I have to see my family. 
I have all my bags here. Straight from the airport. Hope you guys appreciate this. Woke up at 3.20, went to the airport, flight at 6, landed at, uh, I don't know what it was, 11 or something like that. LaGuardia, beautiful, bit of a mess with the taxi situation, but we got through it, came all the way here. Wasn't too bad, 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Parked the stuff, a quick butternut squash. Is this why you're not a plane guy? Yeah, I just... You should I'm respect not, the plane, maybe probably. I do respect the plane, but you say to me, would you rather be on Good Morning America or in a Thunderbird? I'm taking, uh, I'm taking, oh, well, look at this. Michael Chiesa just invited me to his wedding. <laughs> I was messing around. I was messing, Mike. Of course, I don't think you're going to invite me unless you just want a present and uh, you're giving me the token envia. It took to the just combusted Frank. That's what we call a crash and burn. <laughs> Should we just feed the block? <laughs> uh, thank you to New York Rick. Thank you to GC. Thanks to everyone in the back over there. Thank you to DJ. Thank you to Ryan Garcia, my BFF. Thank you to Piotr Jan and Saya. Thank you to Drikus Duplessis. Thank you to Juliana Pena. We are back on Wednesday. Same time and place. Until then, I say peace. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash MMA. Dot com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.